0: Welcome back to the How To Be Great podcast, it's terrific to be with you once again, I'm Robert McNichol and joining me as ever is me old pal showbiz Paul Benson, how you doing Paul?
1: Hello mate and hello everybody, it's good to be back, it feels like it's been a while actually.
0: It really has. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded one of these. We're a little bit late in the week doing so. And I missed the quiz on Sunday. The first quiz I've missed, I think i, I think you, you did a I, did. I think you did two without me at the very start of lockdown, but once once you uh once you got me on and we got into a rhythm, I haven't missed one until this week. But it was just a I've been very, very busy, I know you have as well. This is about the only day over the last three weeks where we've we've had the same day off essentially, or same time to uh to breathe. So anyway, people don't want to hear about yours and my diary, but I'm sure they want to know how we're doing. So how you been, mate? Are you good?
1: I'm good, mate. No, I've had a really good week, and it's been, you know, as the world burns around us, we just carry on with our own little endeavours, don't we, and see, make sure we get out the other side of it. And on that score, it's been, it's been a really pleasing week. The day job's going well, family's happy enough, can't, and I'm going to the pub tomorrow to get. Pissed, so uh, it's all good, really. Yeah,
0: oh, well, well, can't what, complain. What, How about you? What a way to finish it. Well, I'm, I'm doing my, I'm doing my drinking at home these days. So I'll, uh, I'll, uh, there's my little ching ching of my gluten-free peroni as I'm uh, recording this evening. But uh, I want to pick up on something else you just said. You just said the family's doing well. Well, um, as I, as I think I pointed out on the quiz when we did it a couple of weeks ago, you are now about the fourth best broadcaster in your family <laughs> because well, <laughs> your your wife is a professional broadcaster, your cat. Is a professional uh, photo bomber or live photo bomber when we're doing the quiz uh, on a Sunday night on Facebook Live. But now you have a podcast with Young Samuel Benson. I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago um, when we last did this podcast. But it's now a reality. You've done uh, two or three episodes. Um, you're having the time of your. I appreciate it because it's a fun listen, and I appreciate it because it's fun for your boy. But moreover, as as your mate. I am pleased with how pleased it's making you. You look like you're on the time of your life with your it's son.
1: So, it's so much fun. And it's so much fun telling him these little things on air that you, know, you don't necessarily put any stock behind as being interesting even or certainly not entertaining. And suddenly you tell a six-year-old that for the first time and he just laughs like a drain. Like we did a draft episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, our latest episode is a mock draft. I thought it might be quite fun to see which wrestlers a six-year-old boy would draft as opposed to which ones us uh, cynical senior wrestling fans would draft. And as expected, it was quite bizarre. Um, R-Truth will be quite pleased with his number four pick. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but um, the funniest bit for me this week was when I suddenly started, I, he was asking me a question, me, and I suddenly started slips accidentally into grown-up wrestling talk. And I called someone a heel and he was like, what's a heel? I said, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, the, the heel in wrestling, the baddies are called heels and the goodies are called babyfaces. And he just laughed his head off. He's like, babyfaces, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I'm uh, like, oh, that's
0: fantastic. Not, I, will, is, I will confess, it, I will confess to having not listened to that episode yet. So that's why it's, it's a first for me. But, oh, that's absolutely superb. If you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, very quickly we should explain. There's a new podcast on our yes. wrestling network, which is called How Kids Talk and it is essential. I have been bugging Paul for, to do this for ages right and I think he thinks I've been joking and it's only a couple of months ago where I went mate I'm being serious do a podcast which is just you and Samuel talking about wrestling because Paul's lad and I can say this because Paul's obviously biased but I can say this is Paul's lad is really genuinely bright and even you could tell years ago I've not seen him for a couple of years but just mm, you know him being around you and I'm on the phone to you or your videos on Facebook or something you can tell he's really bright and he's inquisitive and I'm not you know you know, sucking up to Paul there, I'm being genuine, and Samuel, <laughs> he's an interesting lad, but, but best of all, he asks questions, and he's inventive, and he's creative, and he wants to do stuff, and so, I, I like the way that Paul interacts with him, so I was saying, do a podcast with him, and and, and talk wrestling with him, and see what he says, because I've always had this theory of that a six or seven year old should be on a booking committee, so they could turn around to the idiots that are trying to book TV, and go, well that doesn't make sense, and so it's now become reality, Paul's doing the podcast with Samuel, and uh uh, we, we can't make too much of it because we don't want it to go to the young man's head and he'll become an egotist like his father um, it's too late you know.
1: that I've already had his agent on the phone <laughs> so, well, okay, uh, his mum no. <laughs> yeah no it's good we have, we have a good time like I, said, like I said on the podcast I'd do that podcast if it was just a single listener and that was my mum listening if that was the only one I'd do it because he gets so much joy out of it um, but the fact that there are actually a handful of people listening, which is amazing, and I, I can't wait. You know, we haven't found a format yet. At the minute, it's just half an hour of us laughing and talking about wrestling and being a bit silly. But I'm really conscious that eventually something will click and we'll find a format. And I really, I agree with you. I think, I think there's something there. I think it will be off to the races. I'm not um,
0: sure you need a format per se, as in, in a whole bunch formats. of features. But what I think. Yeah, hang it off you need it but you need a topic now the draft is I have, like I say—I haven't heard the draft episode yet but that's the kind of thing it's like okay today we're yes. going to talk about the draft today we're going to talk about you know Royal Rumbles or you know wrestlers that wear pink or whatever do you know what I mean it's like I think you do need a to topic you can't just sit and talk wrestling but I yeah. think that the draft is a great idea because you know I think one of the main things about how this all started was the fact that he makes these little tournaments he? he's, yes. he's done his own sort of booked his own King of the Ring and stuff like that so it's um I think uh that's great fun. And once uh, uh I think uh, Well I tell you what I should ask about him, his his favourite wrestler in the world, or certainly was Rusev. Um has, yes. has, has he seen him on Dynamite? Have you let him watch Dynamite yet?
1: He's not watched him on Dynamite, but do you know what the funniest thing is? He calls him Miro now.
0: He's learnt, has he? That's quite clever. He
1: just calls he just calls him Miro, like just without even thinking about it, it's, there's there is no Rusev anymore, it's Miro. So, um, and he's very much still his favorite wrestler. He he insisted that we were able to draft two wrestlers from outside WWE just so he could have Miro in his in his squad. So uh, obviously I relented. So uh, Miro, if you're listening to this podcast, you are still my son's favorite wrestler.
0: Oh, that is even
1: curious. though. Even though your start on AEW has been even lamer than the rubbish that WWE gave you, and I feel desperately sorry for you, I just hope it gets better. Um,
0: I think that should be the uh, hopefully it's the uh, the How Kids Talk Christmas special. It's Miro's debut appearance oh, on get, get Miro to be great? Miro to speak to Samuel on a uh, Christmas special. Well, let's make it happen. Oh. Uh, we have our own podcast to uh, to do. You know, it's not just all about your son. Uh, what about paying oh, yeah. some attention to me for a change? And
1: oh go on then
0: <laughs> And uh, we'll go. talk about this podcast If you, uh, if this is your first time listening You must be wondering what's going on um, If you haven't listened for a couple of weeks Because we haven't been on air Our apologies uh, But the last time we were with you Uh, We were talking about the greatest ever debuts because what we do on this show is we take a particular topic and we go down a little bit of a a rabbit hole uh, extending our thoughts on it and we come up with our list of the best five things so we take everything that exists we distill it down to five then we put it out as a vote or as a poll which you can all vote on uh, at hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote. Uh, and then we find out what the winner is. So, uh, Paul is, as always, the man that has that uh, information at his fingertips. I genuinely never know uh, the winners of these votes. So, I know what the five is, obviously, because we picked it. Uh, but Paul is going to enlighten me uh, on what the uh, the five finalists were. Well, enlighten us all on what the five finalists were. And I usually make a bit of a prediction to, to guess the winner. So, uh, over to you, my friend.
1: Okay, so in alphabetical order of what we put out, is a very, very strong field if you remember last time, but in alphabetical order we have uh, Chris Jericho making his WWE debut, Kane making his WWE de- debut in 97, uh, Jerry Lawler's debut in ECW, The Nexus' debut and Scott Hall arriving in WCW. That was our five. Oh, that is a great so, it's
0: how do you pick how do you pick I mean I, I I genuinely could give you four I mean we loved putting Jerry Lawler on it was one of those ones I think I kind of talked you into it a little bit on the podcast um, and you know in, in a good way uh, but I, I think that is clearly number five of the five um, in my mind I think if it was me voting I think I would probably just about say Kane for the one that I enjoyed the most Um, If I was talking about historical significance I think I would probably say Scott Hall because of what that led to but I think people will have voted for Jericho. A because Jericho is popular, B because he was very topical over the last couple of weeks um, for it being the, uh, the 30th anniversary of Jericho. Uh, and as much as anything it's just I think it's the go to one I think when you think about them if you would, if we were doing a quick fire round if it was Family Fortunes and you've only got a few seconds on it and someone said you know what's the greatest WWE debut I think you'd go uh, Chris Jericho I think that's the one that you'd go to quickly so I think that's the one that would have won
1: okay well we're just over 200 votes in total this time which is a really strong number um, we have got something we've got first we have got a how to be great first in that we have a tie for first place okay Um which is remarkable considering it's one of our largest numbers of votes that we've had Um and it means we've, we've had a dead heat at number one so um, starting in fifth place and, and actually some way back in fifth place as it happens is Chris Jericho in WWE
0: you're not for real yep
1: yeah, dead last and by a long way it got oh. about Four percent.
0: That shows what I know about people. Wow. I mean, listen, I'm yep. not saying it was my number one, but I thought that's what people would vote as number one. That's extraordinary.
1: Four percent, and then third with thirteen no. oh, percent ish. Yeah.
0: You going to? Is there a joint third? Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. No, this is fourth. Sorry, have I gone? Yeah. No, sorry, I, you went, did I say third. My, you went from fifth to apologies. third, so I
0: assume there was a joint third. But okay. Oh, fourth? sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. No, this is fourth. Uh, fourth with thirteen percent. Scott Hall. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay.
0: I, think, I think to be fair a lot of our audience no, no, that sounded a little bit condescending but I think generally speaking because WWE won the war and because you know, yes. if you have a younger demographic that doesn't necessarily remember 1996 then I think WCW things almost automatically take a bit of a sideline so I'm not surprised by that
1: No, I, I would agree with that one um, then you go to third place uh, with about 22% of the vote and you go to the Nexus.
0: Yes, I love that. So so Lawler's Lola, going to have joint one.
1: Joint top at around 30% each, Kane and Jerry Lawler.
0: Whose career, How whose career is, is actually, so, so based so the uh, the King and uh, Isaac, Isaac Yankum have managed to uh, share top oh, spot yeah. with their old history yeah. together. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. Wow. How extraordinary. Um, I, would, I mean, Amazing. this is like, oh, what I love that King debut, so it's, it's a really, really, really cool moment, and it's it deserves to be talked about, and, you know, some might have, you know, cocked an eye about it actually being in the top five, well that's put, paid to that, isn't it, the fact that it's a, it's a joint winner, well well done everyone, you've compounded me once again, or confounded me I should say, once again, um, I wouldn't have expected that, that is an extraordinary outcome, and I'm pleased you mentioned that it was one of the bigger, um, you know, voting topics, because, Yeah, you would sometimes go, well, if you can get an anomaly like that, if only about, you know, seven people vote. But if it's over 200, um, then fair play. I think that's a reasonable um, uh, sample size. So, uh, okay, very cool. Uh, I wonder if people will follow what we're expecting this week. In fact, I don't know what to expect this week, because I don't really know my five this week. I normally go into this with a quite clear top five in my head, and then we'll have a discussion and we can change on the fly. This is one of these weeks where I've probably got two or three that I want to push for, but other than that I can be talked up and uh, talked around, so let's see how we go. Today's topic is, and it's actually quite a broad one for us, normally we go a bit more specific and a bit more left field, this is a little about as mainstream as we're going to get with one of our choices, uh, we are asking what is the greatest ever Gimmick match. We don't mean a particular individual yeah. match that happened. We mean the the topic, the the broader uh, sense of the word. So, what is the greatest gimmick match? Before we get into it, Paul, I think we need to mm. assess a couple of parameters, don't we?
1: Because we do indeed.
0: God, uh, do you want to go ahead and just explain what we need to just uh, clarify before we get going?
1: Well, yes, we do. So, obviously, you know, you look at the gimmick matches and stipulation match and whatnot in wrestling, and there are Hundreds and hundreds of variations, many of which just sort of variants on a theme. So you'll find that as we go on, we group a few together. For instance, you know, we're not going to make a distinction between no holds barred street fight, Chi-Town street fight, extreme yeah, rules,
0: hardcore, man. whatever yeah. else. It's
1: all, yeah, it's all in the same boat. They're they're going to be treat, uh, treated as one. Stipulation matches are also going to, not going to be included. So so we've come up with a general rule essentially a gimmick match is something that affects the actual match itself a stipulation match is not a gimmick match it's just a stipulation or a consequence of what happens in that match so for instance if the match is loser, leave, loser leaves town or loser wears a dress or loser eats dog food or whatever else yeah or
0: you lose, your, is, you lose your mask or it's a hair versus hair match yeah, or, yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that is no different to having sort of a match for the intercontinental title it's just a consequence like the change over the belts would be if if the champion loses so to us that's not that isn't a gimmick match and again we won't be discussing those Um, the other big one now to let a little light into our um, thought process here we sat we don't often talk turkey before the show starts but we did discuss this and we are to cut to the chase we are admitting the Royal Rumble yeah. Um, from this discussion. Now, Rob and I just sat there for a while and said, how can we frame this? We didn't we didn't want the Royal Rumble in. We don't think it feels like a fair competition. It doesn't feel like quite the same as everything else. It sits kind of on its own as more than a gimmick match almost. Um, so we tried, quite frankly, we tried to come up with a really logical justification for not including it, but yet still including some of the other ones of, of his ilk. And frankly, we couldn't think of one. So really, we're just trust. You know, we've got enough trust in you, our listeners, to to know that we're, you know, we don't just do things because we choose them. I've got feelings there's no Royal Rumble, so hopefully you'll just allow us that indulgence and go along with it. So we're not including the Royal Rumble in this. Well,
0: I would tend to say it as a, it's. I would, I would tend to refer to it as a concept match, rather than a gimmick match. The way I yes. sort of feel about it, and I kind of feel the same about the Survivor Series too is that they are concept matches that take place at that time and have all they have always taken place at that time there was no Royal Rumble well there probably was ever so slightly but generally speaking the Royal Rumble match existed at the same time as the Royal Rumble pay-per-view for example since it's topical there was a Hell in a Cell match and then a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view was created yes. because the match was successful but the match came first and so to me if the match came first before the pay-per-view Then I think it's eligible for the list To that point, and we'll get to it later I think that the Elimination Chamber Is okay for us to talk about Because that was Agreed. a match that they came up with And then, after a while, it became the pay-per-view Whereas I would say yep. that Rumble and Survivor Series Are concept matches which are going to take place And you know people will get put into it As opposed to the other matches where The elimination chamber might be the small exception, but to me, if it was Rob McNichol versus Paul Benson, and it was going to happen one-on-one at the upcoming pay-per-view, and then the GM came out, Teddy Long or whoever comes out and says, OK, players, this match is now a cage match, a tables match, a ladder match, an Ironman match, a whatever match, right? I think if someone is able to come out and make that change, that's a gimmick match. But I think if they say they wouldn't go Paul Benson versus Robert Nickel is now going to take place as numbers 19 and 20 in the Royal Rumble like, just wouldn't happen because yeah. the Rumble's its own concept or they they're going to have their own teams that survive a series it just, it doesn't quite, or, or indeed they're going to be against each other in round one of King of the Ring you might even suggest that King of the Ring is its, yeah. is its own gimmick um, or I think someone did, might have suggested on the Facebook page might have suggested Lethal Lottery um, as being a gimmick and it's like well it, it, again to me that's a concept you know the the drawing out yes. of the teams is the is the concept the gimmick um is you know it's just a tag match uh and obviously with a battle royal at the end so I think we can say that battle royal slash royal rumble slash um survivor series is going to take a back seat but that's unless you don't agree with it quite frankly it's our podcast and we can do as you wish but we did we did there want to, we go. but we did want to come up with something logical and a, a proper way of doing it because it, it just it just feels right doesn't it
1: I think so, and I just think, and I'm sure many will agree with us, and some won't. But I just think, like like you say, it's a gut feeling thing, and and that's that, really.
0: I also think there's an element of competitiveness, which is that I think if we did the Royal Rumble, I think that we would both suggest it's our favourite, and I think most people would suggest it's their favourite, and it would just win. Um, and there yeah. are, there are certain topics that we don't do on this podcast because it's a bit obvious. Like if we did, who's the greatest announcer of all time? we could spend a long time debating who gets into the five out of Vince McMahon and Joey Styles and Gorilla Monsoon and Tony Schiavone and Mike Tanay and whatever, but ultimately we're going to go, Jim Ross is number one, right? Yeah, yeah, and then we'll have the vote, and JR will get 97% of the votes, and it's a waste of yes. time. Now, we, we can have an entertainment, but no one's really entertained by who are numbers two to five. Um. So I think it's, it's a very... I mean, some someone is, li- is listening to this going, no, Gordon Soley was better, Vince McMahon was better, or whatever, and it's like okay fine but generally speaking JR is absolutely going to piss that contest and so there's no point you know, really getting into it any deeper than that and there are other topics that are similar to that as well where the winner is obvious um, you know, so it's not necessarily something that we'll be going into but I think this one is a bit different and I also think we've done enough setting up and we want to get into the nitty gritty because I have a lot of matches yes, on, my li- on my list admittedly and I'll say this right out front I'm not a big gimmick match guy Um, Mm, partly because the the gimmick match the concept of the gimmick match has become you know less important over the last say 20 years as it's been thrown out as a way of getting a quick 150,000 people uh, to watch your show live as opposed to it making any sense and secondly I think there are a lot of gimmick matches which I don't think make a lot of sense and I don't think they are, you know, within the, the proper world of pro wrestling or, the, you know, not in my idea of it anyway. So um, you're going to find that quite a lot of my uh, approach to this is a bit negative, um, which I don't like to be because it's not our way of being on uh, on Hooked on Wrestling. But we will get to our five because there are enough that I do like that we can get there. I've done a lot of Indeed. talking so far to set this up, so I'm going to let you start. Paul, lead us off. Pick one that you think is worthy of. Not just have to have a chat, a chat about but you think is worthy of getting in to the top five
1: worthy of the five right okay well let's start with a really um a really strong contender then um let's start with ah uh, hell let's go let's let's go elimination chamber okay you mentioned it earlier let's go elimination chamber that's a good start so Yeah, very briefly. You know, the Elimination Chamber, as you mentioned, has got its own pay-per-view now. But once upon a time, that wasn't the case. Um, Its first uh, outing was at the 2002 Survivor Series. Um, Let me see if I can remember the list of the competitors in that match. It was Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Booker T, Kane, RVD, Chris Jericho. Have I missed any? I don't think so. so I think I've got them all. Six, right.
0: Did you say triple H? I think yep. it's, yeah, it's, it.
1: I did. Yeah, I did. So um, obviously, famously, that was the uh, the Shawn Michaels win when he was dressed in those hideous brownie coloured tights with his pageboy haircut. Um, I bet he regrets that now. Um, so in the elimination chamber, it's it was a fudge, wasn't it? It was a you know at the time it was kind of a mashup of a bit of war games. A bit of royal rumble bit of hell in a cell but it really worked did it not it
0: it certainly did and i think there's two things to talk about um specifically with the elimination chamber and it does count for all of these other matches but i think it's important with the elimination chamber to to make the distinction i'll come to the second part in a second first of all the concept i think is really sound um the idea of there being not 30 guy again. I think a big distinction of you're never going to decide that we're going to have a 30 person uh, match for the world championship. And oh, I tell you what, let's make it a Raw Rumble. But it is plausible yeah. that you could have a six way match, and then go. I tell you what we'll do. We'll make it in the chamber. So, they, so it passes that test for me. Um, yes. I, I think it has the intrigue of the countdowns and who's going to be next. It is still plausible that someone plausible enough that someone could start and still survive and win it the rumble they've pushed that to the extreme over the years because of rather too many people winning from a an early position because it's not really that plausible that you would start that early and actually win it um but the elimination chamber it's unlikely but it's still plausible and uh, was it not a match they did quite recently with Shayna Baszler where they made you know they made it look very logical that she could go all the way through um, yeah, that's so I, right. I like the logic of it. I like the way it sets. I like the idea of the. I mean, I don't know how the the, gu- uh, the people, the wrestlers that are involved in it like the fact that it, you know, actually genuinely hurts when they get slammed on the uh, uh, on the on the on the metal. Um, but I think it looks intimidating. I think it's uh, a good enough structure that they can be initi- in innovative with. They can make the dives off the pods. It looks like, you know, it looks like it hurts like crazy when they get smashed through a pod, even though they suggest it's bulletproof. Um, so the actual concept of it, all I think it's lovely, and I think it's it really makes sense. It's intriguing. It, 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 it looks like it hurts. It's you can understand why you know they would build it up as was it J.I. used to call it Satan's structure, or was that with Hell in the Cell, whichever one he felt like. Um, but here's the more important point: I think the match standard of Elimination Chamber is probably a better standard percentage-wise. Than any other match we're going to talk about tonight. If if we were including the Royal Rumble, I did see in the Facebook page where someone said Royal Rumble, and someone answered that by saying there's been a lot of bad Rumbles, and they said well that's not the Rumbles' right. fault. The concept is the concept, and that's not the Rumbles' fault. That's the booker's fault if it's not a very good, or the Performer's fault if it's not a very good Rumble. Um, I think the standard. Of, I don't know how many Elimination Chamber matches there've been. I would estimate somewhere in the twenties. But it, if there has, say, been 25, to give it a roundish number, I think 19 or 20 of them have been great. You know, I think I it's agree. A, I think it's a really, really high standard. Now, we're going in towards Hell in a Cell. We'll talk about that, obviously, as we get in due course. But that's the kind of pay-per-view where you go, oh, crikey, there's three Hell in a Cell matches. That's going to water it down. We've seen a lot of what they can do. And I'm not sure the standard of Hell in a Cell matches over the years has been you know, mega, mega. There's some good ones. And it depends who's in there. But generally speaking there's some good ones there's some ordinary ones there's some forgettable ones but i think elimination chamber tends to be booked really really well and i look forward to it all the time and there's also been some variety like i said there's shana driving through everybody there's ones where you know there's been you know some shocks there's been some little but there's been some little mini stories you know what about kofi kingston in, in his in his um in his elimination chamber the story yeah what about santino you know, the one that he was in, and it was yeah. it legitimately believable, you know? And it was like there's been some really, really good, intelligent, different storytelling in that match. And I, I think you can tell where I'm going with it, but I, I love it to pieces. Whenever it gets round to Elimination Chamber, I tend to think this is probably going to be a good pay per view.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I, I've got three criteria, really, for any of these matches three key top line criteria. Um, is it logical? So, you know, there'll be a number of matches we talk about on this that that don't pass that test. This absolutely does. Like the the concept makes complete sense. Um, it disadvantages some, you know, the early guys, but not enough to make it so so ludicrous, like you mentioned the Royal Rumble can can be. Is it entertaining? As you've just covered, yes, absolutely. You know, it it kind of it marries those the best bits of the Royal Rumble is the intrigue about who's coming in next. All right, we don't get things like the mystery competitors and whatnot. Um, but other than that, it's got that intrigue about the entry order and whatever else. Is it intense? Usually, yeah. You know, there's enough guys in there to, to keep the action up, and it's a great, a great stage for them as well. There's a lot you can do, as you've said, in the uh, elimination chamber. And does it fit the storyline? Yes, more often than not, it does. You know, there's, there's usually there's usually a good reason to have an elimination chamber actually If there isn't, just the top five top five contenders and the champion, isn't it, or, or whatever else. But I think certainly, especially in the early days, they did a really good job of making those fit logically into the storyline um so i'm a big i'm a big big fan of the elimination chamber match i think my favorite one of all um is probably uh the one that john cena won before edge cashed in his money in the bank i just i really enjoyed the stories they told in that match i really enjoyed you know carlito and chris masters teaming up and then them imploding and Cena overcoming and Kurt Angle being shockingly eliminated. I thought that was a really strong match. Um, one of my favourites ever, actually. So, yeah, I'm I'm fairly confident this will be on our final five.
0: I think it would be on mine. I think it would be on mine. So I think it's gonna it's gonna take its place. What we tend to do again, if you're new to this podcast, what we tend to do is that uh, we consider that everything we're talking about is the long list. The, there is a bit of a medium list, which is all the ones that we put we feel put, be put forward for the five, and then there is the short list, which is the five uh, that we come down to. And we often say that there's something that goes in as a bit of a placeholder that we're fairly certain that would go into the five unless we can come up with five things that are better. So I would suggest that we'll say uh, that this goes in, you know, in uh, at the moment it's sitting in the top five unless we can come up with five things that we would uh, bump it off with. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with that, and I think. Because it's talked about in a similar sort of vein uh, and uh, because it is very topical, I think we ought to go to Hell in a Cell next. Um, Okay. It is one of the matches that are relatively new uh, in this topic, because a lot of the ones that we're going to come to are, at the very least, dating back to the uh, you know, well, I swear this is this is at the start of the Attitude Era, but it's um you know, there are lots of matches that have been around, you know, almost since day dot in, in wrestling. And this is one of the slightly newer ones, um, really when it comes to it, uh, as indeed is the chamber. Hell in Cell obviously starts with something we talked about earlier on. We talked about the debut of Kane. That's your first ever Hell in Cell match. Um the most talked about Hell in a Cell match is obviously Mick Foley coming off the top of the cell. Um Sure. There's Lots and lots of points in history where you can go back and refer to sell things, um, but has it, I would say the biggest point against this going into the top five is I'm not certain how many what the percentages of great Hell in the Cell matches, and do we allow that okay. to play against the concept? You know because I think the concept is fairly obvious a great big cell that goes around the ring and keeps everybody in there. Um, and it's essentially a cage match on acid, isn't it? But, you know, I'm not certain that there's been all that many absolutely fantastic Hell in a Cell matches, especially of late. And, you know, I I, I find that I instinctively go, if you say oh, it's Hell in a Cell this week, I don't go, oh, great. Whereas I would do that for um for probably even for Money in the Bank and TLC and for... The rumble and for the elimination chamber. There's quite a few other ones. I like, go, oh, quite. I like this, but I, I don't mind Hell in a Cell, but I don't go, oh, great, it's the Cell. And I kind of think it should do. Um,
1: I kind of disagree with you on, on,
0: on that one. I think, I think
1: there's, there's a lot going for the Hell, uh, an awful lot going for the Hell in a Cell. Um, I think the match, quite now, I think, I think there is a, there's certainly a slump in match quality in Hell in a Cell at a certain point when things get very formulaic because there's only so much you can do with that cell, um, and so many stories you can tell and so many differences you make. But I think when guys really want to put the effort into it, how do I go with this? There's two types of matches, I think. So There's two ways to innovate in a, cell. There's, there's a there's, You go for something that's never been seen. You go for a bump that's never been seen. You go for a use of the caves that's never been seen. You go for a scenario that's never been seen. Or you choose to have the absolute best match you can utilising the, um, the the environment that you're in um, and I think what you've got is there are, there are an awful lot of matches that don't really do either and you know, rightly or wrongly the names that keep popping into my mind when I think of that scenario is John Cena and Randy Orton um, to me they just seem symptomatic of fairly bog standard Hell in a Cell matches now that might be unfair but that's what's coming to my head and um, but then you've got other guys, you know, there's there's some you know, just thinking about it off the top of my head, when I think about matches that are just excellent because they're in the cell and because the very cell itself just lends them that extra edge of brutality and um and drama. Yeah, you know, I'd look at matches like Triple H against Chris Jericho in two thousand two. I'd look at I think it was two thousand seventeen where you had the New Day against uh, the Usos in what was to my mind, an absolutely phenomenal match, and the in-ring highlight for both of those two teams. Um, and there's more. You know, there's, there's plenty of matches where they are excellent matches that were enhanced because they were in that cell, and they wouldn't be the same without that um, claustrophobic feeling and that feeling of brutality. And then you get the, then you get the stunt shows and the and the shows where they try to do something different. And and nowadays you just can't really do that because. It, most of it most of it has been done um, and if it hasn't it maybe feels quite contrived let's put it this way you mentioned Foley against uh, well Mankind against The Undertaker earlier and how do you top that like how do you top that match in terms of spectacle and use of the cage and and, and just out and out stunts and uh, and lunacy you, you, there's not really a way of doing it and um, I don't want to see retreads of that. I want to see excellent matches that really feel like I keep using the word brutal, but that's what I want, to say. I want to see. I want to see genuine, genuine heat inside the cage between the competitors. And I think more than any other match in WWE, Hell in a Cell gives you that, and still gives you that with the right competitors in the right scenario.
0: Yeah, I think I think I agree. I think I think what I was saying before was really more. Um... Not quite devil's advocate, um, since we're in hell. Um, but I, th- I think more the the fact that I, I think <laughs> it actually could be more than it is. Do you know what I mean? I, I think the fact is that um, I agree. I think that possibly by having too many matches of the type, possibly by having the wrong competitors, possibly from the competitors not doing the job. I don't know what it is, but I just don't. I don't get you know amped up for Hell in a Cell matches anymore, especially when there's three on the same night. Excuse me. But I do think that. And the actual concept itself which really is what we should be talking about um, is you know it's outstanding you know the cage matches worked for many years we'll come on to that in due course but when you you re- I, I, spoiler alert i'm not a fan of a cage match because i think it's restrictive to the wrestler and a lot of the time there's a, you know you've got two wrestlers in the middle of the ring that are good at what they do and you stick a cage around the outside and it's like well then you're just limited what they can do they can't go outside they can't you know do good delaying heel tactics they can't you know do various different things whereas when you add the cell in they can go outside they can change the dynamic they can use the structure so much better yeah Um, and I also think it was a huge mistake to abuse the cell early in its lifespan you know if you go through the first two cell matches the first two pay-per-view cell matches and I think I include a couple of the matches that happened on raw as well is they got out of it so the the whole concept of the cell is that you can't escape this you know structure and they always did you know, they actually don't very often anymore but they always found a way out you know all the cell matches that you know Kane got in from the outside it's supposed to protect anyone coming in Kane ripped the door off it's supposed to protect anyone getting outside Foley came off the top of the cell because he started by going up there then against Triple H there was a break in it and he got outside I think there was another one wasn't there where they attacked a referee and got outside oh, in fact they got outside before Kane didn't they because Sean Michaels went round the side and fell off the side so that happened yeah. twice on that night um, it was a cameraman it, it was, was the a cameraman, cameraman. And so, you know, quite clever, but that's the kind of thing you do after eight of the matches, not on the first one. And so, I think from the very because start. Thinking about it,
1: if you were a cameraman, would you volunteer ever to um, work a Shawn Michaels Undertaker match? <laughs> yeah, they way. were, they were not safe.
0: They weren't safe, were they? And they, uh, they didn't always, uh, they didn't, they weren't always in the right place as well. Like right? if, if you go to WrestleMania 25, no. but uh, right. um, listen, it, it, the, the, the the concept itself, when you actually come down to it, is that again the idea of just having putting any old person into a hell in a cell match doesn't really work to be fair to wwe nope. although i think they do do them too often and i'm not crazy about the idea of having a pay-per-view which is just for it i think they're relatively good at having the right sort of matches in there as in if you look at just the ones that are coming up you know this coming week or when is it, is it sunday or the week after um week after but this week after but when it comes up You've got three matches that are in there, I believe, as the last time I checked, which are all you can. I think they all are relatively justified in terms of the way that they've been built and they've had matches before. And it's you know it's, it's last you know. I don't think there should be more than one, but if you know any one of the ones that are in it, hang I think on. you can justify that you. Can, well, sorry, well, I've got something wrong.
1: No, no, I said bang on. Oh, I sorry, agree, I thought you agree. said
0: hang, I thought you said hang on. <laughs> you were correct. No, 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 no. Yeah, you, I think- Cara, no,
1: I I agree. I agree. I think when any gimmick match, whether it be, you know, I've got no real problem. I think people do generally don't like the fact that like something like Helena Cell or TLC has got a set point in a calendar, and I totally get that point because it should be an or really should be an organic um, feud ender that happens when it should ha- when it needs to happen. But you know, we understand the way things work, and if they want to do a view fine. Um, they can match, make the storyline match it but having like you say have it, whether it's a Royal Rumble match or a Hell in a Cell match or a TLC match any type of match you do not ever have more than one on a pay-per-view ever period um, and we've got three this week coming up and that is just way too way way too it's too, too many It'll, and, it, and it ruins them all it dilutes them all because they're not special
0: yeah, and the funny thing is, is that in terms of we don't don't want to talk too much about the rumble because it's not eligible. But the funny thing is with the rumble is that they've protected it brilliantly over the years, with the exception of one money making trip to whether they did the greatest rumble Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, with the exception of that, they have protected the rumble over the years. They've ne- they've always resisted the idea of doing a, you know, a, I think there might have been one or two like twenty man versions on SmackDown or something. But generally yeah. speaking, over the thirty odd years they've done a really good job of of not oversaturating it and I do agree that the women should have their own rumble match and I said it for years before it actually happened I absolutely agree that it should be be fair as there should be parity however I don't like them happening on the same night I think it's too much and I think there's a case to say that you could put the women's Royal Rumble on SummerSlam or on another pay-per-view at some point in the year I don't think they should both be at the Royal Rumble. Now you could say although the point of the Rumble is it's the main event at Mania. Well okay, do one in November then or do one in February or something. I don't I think it's too much for one night. I, I don't think they should be the same I think they should you I, should find a way around having two Rumbles on the same night I know we're not including the Rumble in this topic I know I've gone off topic but I wanted to address something you just said about not having more than one gimmick match on the night I absolutely agree with you no more than one Hell in a Cell no more than one TLC but I do agree in the parity of having men's and women's I just I, yeah. I would like to see the TLC matches I mean crikey they'll do War Raw and Smackdown men's and women's and we can end up with what, four but um. I would just like to see things spread out during the year, and I think there is a way of going. Okay, sod it. Let's make, you know, the the August paper, the, the September pay-per-view, a hell in a cell, or let, you know, the the one after Mania, the one in May is a, 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 a is a Raw Rumble to, you know, for the, the women's or, ti- the women's title is at SummerSlam. Or, there's there's, there's, or there's you ways could have, you can do it.
1: Or you could have a women's pay-per-view every year, like Evolution, and have it as part of that.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm not. I'm not crazy about the concept of a women's pay per view because I'm not con- crazy about the concept of a men only one. Um, no, true. I don't mean, yeah.
1: but I, I think it is it, still fair to you. my my Royal Rumble solution would be a simple one: alternate them, have a have a male one every one year and a female one the next year, and it helps keep them both of them special. Then because you're gagging to see the new, the you know divisions change a lot in two years, and you're not over watering. You're not watering down mystery entrance you know, watering down the uh, Wrestlemania winner gimmick I think alternate why not we can go two years between male Royal Rumbles of course we can
0: I would say my my argument against that is that whatever anyone would want to say in the interests of um, equality and as I've outlined I believe in it uh, but we're not there yet Um, women's wrestling is not as good as men's wrestling yet um, and it's not the quality of the individual it's the depth and it's getting better and it's it's the best it's ever been and it's continuing to grow and that's great but there is, there are not as many good female wrestlers in the world as there are male wrestlers there will be one day because there's no inherent reason why they're not as good as men that's, that's, that, that, that's not my point and it's the same with a lot of sports and there's a lot of kick-off about why does women's football not get covered as much as men's football and the reason is it's nowhere near as good It will be one day. It will increase one day. And it absolutely should get coverage. And it's brilliant that it's gone from strength to strength. But it's nowhere near as good as men's. And the reason is because they've been held back for so long. And that's wrong. And the history of it is wrong. But the current state of affairs is undeniable. And quite frankly, more people want to watch men's wrestling than want to watch women's wrestling. That is a fact. That will change. And it should change. And I am absolutely all for a point where if there's 10 matches on every pay-per-view there's 5 men's and 5 women's that is the right way for it to be or if there's more interest in the women's it's 6-4 in their favour the, you know, that is how it should be however it's not where we are yet so I, I can't agree with your idea because I just don't think that people would be satisfied with having t- 2 years between the men's one because in a lot of people's eyes the men's title is more important than the women's one and that, that is just the way That's it is But I absolutely think they should each have one, and I've been years and years and years saying they should each have one. Uh, I just feel like, and I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against alternating the order in which you do it. So as as in, you could maybe have the women's Royal Rumble on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, and delay the men's Royal Rumble and have it later in the year. Or I, I wouldn't say, you know, it doesn't have to be the men on the Royal Rumble. There there is a way around that. But I do think they ought to both have one per year. Um, again, we're not talking about that. We've, we've gone slightly off uh, off topic. Although an interesting yes. uh, sidebar, but I, I broadly, no, not as, as more broadly about it. I absolutely agree with your assertion that there should only ever be one Hell in a Cell match on a show, and I and I absolutely wouldn't have it as a gimmick pay per view. I would just make sure that you book the right way. That once a year or so, you say that the head the headline match of, you know, name me a pay per view of Night of Champions or of you know, whatever it might be, no mercy or backlash or Judgment Day, or I'm saying some old ones. But you know, if you happen to have that the, the headline match of that show was the Hell in a Cell match, in a very similar way to the way you did Undertaker versus Shane McMahon, you know, yeah. or indeed Undertaker versus Triple H, you decided that they were such a big match at WrestleMania that we put it in a cell. That's absolutely the way of using a cell. It doesn't have to be Mania, but that's the way of that's the way of doing it. And actually, the very fact that if you think about that night where Shane came back and you'd not seen Shane for a long time and it was a massive pop for that and it was really intriguing and then Undertaker's involved and then they say the match is going to be Hell in a Cell the reaction to that is enormous and that says everything is that if you said the match is going to be a strap match the crowd would go oh is it? Yeah. but if you say a Hell in a Cell they go whoa because it you know, it still means something. Right enough, they they do they go, Oh, if if someone says the word bitch so I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to assess them. Do, do you know what I mean? Generally speaking, it's all wrestling is about eliciting the reaction. And if you say it's gonna be a hell yep. of a cell match, people go, Whoa when they when they're not expecting it. Yep,
1: I agree. I think uh for me this is a no brainer on the list, but we'll see how we get on.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I think so as well. I'm, I'm happy with them with those two. Uh go on, you'll go again. Pick us pick us another one
1: blimey I'm going again am I right okay let's have a look so I've got my list here let's go for something a bit on the other end of the scale so we, we like to burn through a few of these don't we sometimes don't we so let's let's go for a blindfold match <laughs>
0: I've not I've not even written that down let's go for a blindfold match <laughs> I, I have legitimately got how many have I got written down I have got about 25 matches written down maybe maybe as many as 30 <laughs> and I have not written down blindfold match right um, no. Listen to answer it. If you're if you're genuinely proposing it, uh, one fun match at WrestleMania. What was it? Seven.
1: Uh, yes.
0: Rick, Rick Martell and, and Jake Roberts. Fun, daft, silly, enjoyable. I uh, I don't want to see what, what more nope. than one every 20 years.
1: Look, I'm not obviously proposing it gets <laughs> anywhere near the five. But what what I am saying is that it's. It's a match, it's very easy when you say blindfold match, people just roll their eyes straight away, forgetting that A, there haven't been many, and B, they've actually been very fun when they do come out. They're not serious, they're comedy for the most part, which was a bit of an odd way to end a quite serious feud between Jake Roberts and Rick Martel, but that's by the by. They're a a comedy match, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I remember one um, from the early 2000s, And I hope I've got the combatants right now, but I'm pretty sure it was D'Lo Brown and William Regal. Um, And it was great fun. It was on Raw, I think, and it was really good fun, as was the model against Jake Roberts. And I just think it's one of those gimmicks that just gets a little bit unfairly lobbed in with, like, you know, oh, blindfold match, Judy Pagwell on a pole match. (laughs) It's better than that. It's a comedy match, but it's a very good comedy match. And the audience interaction is like unlike anything they have in any other match it's a totally different type of um audience participation and i think it should be commended for that so um call it call it a strong recommendation but not even close to an endorsement for the top five
0: yeah fair dues. i'll accept i'll accept that um i think that um one of my issues is i there are absolutely um exceptions And I agree that Model Jake is an exception. Also, the era that it was in helps it be an an exception. But I try to think of it as... I know wrestling has a different sort of pageantry in terms of outfits and names and stories and whatever. But ultimately, it is meant to be a scripted version of a combat sport. And I just think if you said that the match between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua is going to be a blindfold match... It would seem utterly and utterly ridiculous Do you know what I mean But it, it, there is a world where you could say Okay, there's, it's no holds barred In the boxing ring And you go, okay, I can see that Or it's two out of three knock, knockouts in a boxing ring Do you know what I mean And the boxing is boxing And there's, there's only one way of doing it So the gimmick match concept is, is irrelevant But there are other ways of going Actually, if you made it a legitimate fight And there was a little bit legitimate, little legitimate reason for changing the rules Even a three-way boxing match it would still it would still have some you know heft in terms of meaning something the better man wins the, the you know the, the better fighter wins putting him in a blindfold take, takes it from being a combat sport grudge match to a uh, taskmaster you know final task on the, on the stage do you know what I mean in terms of it's just something a bit silly on a game show rather than a, a, a stand up wrestling fight I think that would be my issue I'm fine with, with that I'm not fine with that but I do, underst- I do understand it once in a blue moon and if it's in the right place on the card. Because where you're talking about Jake and Model, and you're saying about D'Lo and uh, Regal, you know, the, mo- the Model is an underrated wrestler all round, but he's also an un- underrated comedy heel. Regal, yeah. the best comedy uh, wrestler ever. Um, various others that it would work in. It would work in, a, an, a, in an R-Truth match, or a Santina Morella match, or
1: Absolutely.
0: There's even certain wrestlers that can drop down and do a bit of comedy that could make it work. Kurt Angle could have made it work. Roddy Piper could have made it work. Um, Jake Roberts made it work. But if you said to me we're going to do Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso again and it's a blindfold match, you'd go, "Oh, fuck off." Do you know what I mean? It's like it has to have its right place on the card.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's probably the same for a lot of these gimmicks. Talk about similarly, you couldn't have a Hell in a Cell match. Between Santino Marella and you know um, Vladimir Kozlov, could one hundred percent. So it works both ways, but I think I disagree. I think I think wrestling. I think using the sort of boxing analogy and saying it's you know it's told to those standards. I just just plain don't agree. I think wrestling needs to be, um, a th- you know they use the term three ring circus a lot. Don't you, you hear that mention and uh, a buffet or whatever you want to call it a variety show is what I prefer to call it. You know, you've got the Royal Variety Show. It's a very entertaining performance. There's maybe, what, 12 or 13 acts on? You might like seven of them. Um, and the other five might not be to your taste. You might like diversity doing the dancing, but you can't stand the guy doing the comedy. Or you might like the singer, but you don't like the magic. Um, and I think the very best wrestling cards are exactly that. You know, you should be, I would say, you know, 70% of it should be aimed at your tastes. And that's at anybody's taste. There should be you should be a good card should have enough in seventy percent of it to really attract someone, and the other thirty percent is for somebody else. Yeah,
0: okay. Um,
1: and I think and I think a comedy match like a blindfold match fits into that really really well it doesn't have to you know would you have it in a boxing match of course you wouldn't that would be ridiculous but this is wrestling not boxing no I,
0: I'm not I'm not saying you would do it one. that's not my rule 100% of the time but I'm, I am saying if, right. if you if you believe that wrestling was as, as much of a, a combat sport as boxing is or if UFC is or whatever you know it's like you want to keep there, there. there is a there is a world in which you could say that I don't know enough UFC fighters anymore but you know Forget, forgive me if I'm getting the wrong genre but Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silver is not just going to be in the octagon yep. but we're going to put the ring we're going to put the belt above the octagon and they can it's standard MMA rules but they've got to climb a ladder to get the belt now it would be scoffed at within MMA because that's not how they do things but actually it wouldn't necessarily be completely anti you know you could still make it entertaining and it would still be a combat fight between the two men is what I'm saying um, yeah it, they're not going to ever do that, but that's my point is not what they would do, but what they could do in another world. In it, in the narrative that you're telling, within wrestling is what is is kind of what I'm saying with that. Um, yeah. So I, I we, we, again, we've done maybe a little bit too much on them um, on something that's a little I bit in, insignificance. Um, do you want? Shall we try and get through a few quickly here? Then shall we? should we all? Give, should we both give a couple that. We know ought to be talked about, but we're not very fond of, and we're we're not going to put forward.
1: Let's do it. Well,
0: I would say that first of all, I mean, li- li- I have literally written down almost as many gimmick matches as I could possibly think of, so I'm I'm not advocating any or many of these. Um, but three or four that I particularly don't care for. Um, again, because I don't understand their relevance to may the best person win. Um, I don't like. Um, I've put I've called them strip matches. Um, so Ugh, that is, yeah. and I don't just mean I'm not just doing the kind of misogyny of bra and panties matches, tuxedo. but I'm also talking tuxedo matches and any type of match where the op, you know the the idea is to you know take take the garments off your opponent. Idiocy. Um, I don't like uh, I don't like flag matches. Um, you know, oh that, yeah, yeah. That, that's paintball. You know, trying to get your opposition's flag, not <laughs> wrestling. Um, you know, trying to get hold of something. I don't like them. Uh. The scaffold match is an old gimmick which we've hardly ever seen before, which is just ridiculous and never is never any good. Um, in the old no. days, it was a blow-off, but in, really, in reality, it was never ever a good match. Um, and the the last of these, which I, I'm, I'm kind of playing it safe for these ones, you're, you're going to disagree with, as you're going to agree with me. Um, the last one is the uh, is the nature of the ambulance match or, or something similar to that, where you know it's getting. You're, how do you prove that you're better at fighting than someone? by getting over a line because there have been examples of someone about to you know push their opponent over a line and then the other one sort of almost does a reverse Irish whip and gets them over and it's like well that didn't make you better at fighting than me did it you just turned around um, Yeah. and I get where they're going with it but it's it, I've always felt that any I mean there are versions of the ambulance matches where I heard I think there have been others Um, for, there been one where you put someone on a forklift or something like that there's all sorts of different ones but Um, I I can't stand those 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 are ones that quite quickly to me came to me as being these are matches I don't like um, and I I I, I don't see a case for them at all
1: I think the line match that you're talking about is when they do the stretcher matches isn't it yeah um, and when they have that, I think when the ambulance matches come to play, they actually have to lob them in the ambulance. Oh, well, to me, the me only, it's the same
0: thing. To me, it's the same thing. It's,
1: it's, it's, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't, I don't disagree at all. Um, the only ambulance match I can think that has any in- merit I remember being interesting and fun was uh Braun Strowman against Roman Reigns, actually. Um, from I think Great Balls of Fire. Um, that was actually decent, like really decent. And the get for once the gimmick actually played into it and worked. Um, you know, it was the era when Strowman just was tipping over. I was going to say vehicles. The, the gimmick,
0: thing, the so. gimmick being that Braun Strowman just moved. Yeah, world's strongest man yeah. every week. Yeah,
1: pretty much, pretty much, but it worked. Got him over, and I think that was, if I remember rightly, that was really the match where I don't think he turned face during that match, but it was the start of that process. Um, I thought it was really good, but by and large, I agree with you. Um, I'd also go as far as to say I would. I would put the likes of casket matches in the same... I wouldn't call them the same because it's you know, fundamentally very different that the casket is at ringside and there have been very many entertaining ones to a degree, but I just don't really like the gimmick that much. Casket, buried alive, that sort of thing.
0: I, well, okay, I buried alive I dislike a lot more than the casket one because I think there's this... First of all, it's boring. Putting mm. someone in a hole and, and putting, you know... All the dirt on them is boring. Get on with it. I know there's been times where there's been a great big, you know, earth mover or something to do it, but it's generally boring. Um, I don't mind the casket match in the sense that it was obviously invented for The Undertaker. You know, that's his gimmick and and that's part of of what comes with him. Um, And so I don't mind the fact that it, you know, to actually go, this match is going to be a casket match, and then you can play into the fact that, you know, Kamala or Yokozuna or whoever it is is definitely scared of the casket. Uh, and actually, the idea that you can incapacitate your opponent and put them in a casket how you know is that any different to them you know having a count for ten or getting thrown over the top rope or you know whatever you're still beating your opponent down to the point where they are incapacitated, so I don't massively mind it for that. What I don't like about the casket matches a thing that I don't like about a lot of other gimmick matches is that I don't understand why they're always no holds barred I don't understand why they're always you know without rules okay. Like why isn't why aren't you just why aren't you the say why don't you have the same rules for a casket match as a one-on-one match? If you choke someone for more than ten seconds, you get disqualified. That's just the way it is. Like wh- why isn't it like that's that? A fair point. Or you allow the choking, you allow the weapons, but you don't allow the outside in- interference. In a real again, in a real world, where your son booking, he'd say, well, why don't we just make this happen? And that's one of my issues with casket matches is that well, why doesn't once the once Yokozuna worked out that he could get twelve of his mates to beat the Undertaker up why doesn't everyone do that
1: well I completely agree and I think that that feeds into my issue with the casket match and matches in incul- in, in there's only there's only one good spot the the good spot in a casket match is when the cas- when the baby face is in the casket the lid is an inch from being completely closed and the hand goes up mm. and you get you know the big hope spot that's a great spot but it's been done and there are no others there's no really there's not even really any variation of that um, you know if it was Kofi Kingston, you know, doing it in a comedy style, you might, you know, you might have him slap a pancake yeah. um between between the top and the bottom of the casket and stops it from closing, but it's essentially the same thing. Um and I think once you've seen that spot, you've seen that spot.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I don't think the casket match offers much else. It's not like you know, you've got Hell in a Ladders, Elimination Chambers, all this, that and the other that have got a myriad of different of different things. Like you look at the ladder match that was at a night of Ch- Clash of Champions a couple of weeks ago. Christ, you know, we're like twenty six years into the televised casket match being a thing on WWE television and those guys are still innovating. Um obviously you've got three of the greatest wrestlers in the world doing it, but but the point stands, what's the to innovate on a casket match? We've seen it all and we saw in fact we saw it all by the end of nineteen ninety four. Um I would so I to me it's 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 a dead duck.
0: I think it's also if you're talking about what what um constitutes a good effective gimmick match not again not the single match but the concept is so you can plug it in almost anywhere and actually if for example they said that this coming week uh, name your pay-per-view it's Bailey versus sasha banks in a casket match you just go w- why
1: yeah you're right you're absolutely right it's, a it's but having
0: it's the undertaker's match it's not everyone else's match it's the undertaker's match having
1: said that have you seen the news about NXT this week
0: uh, the fact that I it's know going to be Halloween Havoc.
1: no beyond that so um, I know you don't follow it quite as intently as I do so it, only, it was only on their show last night that this was announced so on the Halloween Havoc special which is awesome in itself by the way oh then it's going to be spin, spin really... the
0: wheel make the deal
1: yes, yes. have you seen that
0: Oh, I, read it. I read it on hooked on wrestling.co.uk of course
1: I saw it of course you of course you did but if you look at the wheel the match types on the wheel are fantastic oh no I haven't looked, of any, course,
0: fur- I haven't looked any further than
1: that. of course you've got the coal miners glove on there but they are all these kooky crappy matches that under any other circumstances and, and we are going to roll our eyes a lot of them some we already have some we'll come to but there's all these matches on there that, in the context of Halloween Havoc, and Halloween Havoc has always been a bit kooky, and you can do that there, can't you? You can have these ridiculous gimmicks, and it feeds into it. It's a perfect stage for these, for the silliness to come out. Um, and this wheel, I won't spoil it for anybody um, listening or for you, indeed. But you look at the, uh, you look at the list of matches on there, and they're all terrible. But you, but it's great that they're all terrible because that's exactly what they should be in this context so I'm really looking forward to that I'm really looking forward to
0: it well okay well we'll, t- we'll take that for a, a little bit of silliness but we'll certainly take um, Casket and indeed Buried Alive I think which we've not really talked about but I don't think we need to uh, very much no. we'll take them out of the equation um, one little sidebar that I'll take at this point because I assume that you're going to agree with me you might not is are we getting rid of matches that we've only seen really once Or twice, that haven't been around very much, because I think most of them have only been around once or twice because they're not very good. And I'm not making any judgments one way or another on them, although they tend to be not very good. But I'm saying things like the WCW Chamber of Horrors, um, the 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 Kennel from (laughs) Hell, like a cage and that sort of thing. Um, uh, What was the 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 Punjabi Prison? um, That stupid one with Undertaker and the Crypt. you know Gemma, oh, the
1: concrete crypt. I, yeah. all the ones that I, I can think uh, of
0: happen to be rubbish but even if they weren't rubbish I think we almost need to say that if they've only really happened once then that's it's well, kind of not good I, enough
1: I, I, I kind of don't necessarily agree with that but I think the very fact that they have only happened once kind of speaks for itself yeah. Punjabi Prisons happened three times I believe but still doesn't make it any good it's still a very very bad gimmick match with very very contrived rules similar to the King of the Mountain match which I don't really you know it's, it's contrived it's ridiculous but there is actually one that has only happened once that again I want to mention it it's not going to make the five but I think if we sat and had this conversation in five years time I think there's an excellent chance that it will be on the five um, it's a match that debuted on NXT this year actually Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle in the fight pit uh, and I think it was great I think it was different enough it was a cage match essentially but it was an old style cage match with new style presentation um, you know, you had the the walkway along the top where the referee stood, so the guys were in there on their own. Um and you had two guys beating the holy shit out of each other. Um and I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent. It's way too early to pass judgment on it as a as an overall concept, but I thought it was really, really strong. So, you know, it was kind of like the old you know, remember the Lion's Den match. I was just to going to say that in, sounds exactly uh, like heart. a
0: Lion's Den match.
1: Very similar, but taking out the sort of the, the gimmicky parts of it and making it far more serious and, and, and dark and, um, and and real, really. Um, it was a refined lines, then, Match. Yeah, you could definitely say that. Um, and I think it's got huge potential, providing they don't use it to death.
0: Yeah, well, again, quite. Um, another quick one that I want to uh, address is um, at least someone on the when we put this out on our Facebook page I'll have a quick look very quickly to see if I can see who it was well, I can't, I'm can't. flicking through I can't see it at the moment um, when it comes to me I will uh, oh yes yeah, so it was uh, Philip Casey um, who, uh-huh. who referred to the three stages of hell uh, yes match or matches now for me that is like saying your favourite film is the okay. Godfather trilogy yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think the three stages of hell is a gimmick in itself. It's three gimmicks in one, and so yeah. I can't include that to me because it's it's just a little, it's a little series of different gimmicks. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Know what you mean. And I, I what I read Philip's post and I agree with it completely. Everything he said, but I also agree with you that we can't can't include it because it's just not. It's not a match into itself. It's it's three matches shoved together.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's my thought anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, one more on it's the. Uh, nice.
1: Whenever they've been on, whenever they've been on, they great. But no, it's, it just can't. One can't more pass on, must.
0: One more on the, the kind of things that we've not seen very often is that I was surprised how many people because we put this on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. and I don't have everything in front of me, but I certainly saw it mentioned at least twice, maybe three times. Was people mentioned the triple cage? Um. Obviously, mm. it obviously, makes me think of the you know the film, the Raw Rumble film, the uh, Ready to Rumble film. But enough people mentioned it as you know as being a plausible, you know, gimmick in their eyes. You know, is it just solid because you associate it with with a shit film? Is it is it actually a better concept than we think?
1: It's a really good question, and one which we can't give a definitive answer to because it has kind of been solid. But I think. The idea of it's fairly sound, like you know. But again, it's a little WCW in the fact that what WWF always used to do so well that WCW never quite understood is that WWF never, never did. never did more for the sake of doing more, you know. WCW did the triple cage because they could, um, not because it really made any sense, but because it was an escalation of what we had before. So they bent the rules around that, and all these silly, you know, like it was like that one that Savage and Hogan were in, uh, uncensored, and oh, you know, boring. they have these silly, they had these silly rules about like climbing up the cage and ringing a bell or, or hacking a, hooking a bell or whatever. Why, you know, if you just had a straightforward triple cage match where you could fight across three levels and do various things on each level, yeah, I'm all for it. But that's just not what it was. It was convoluted nonsense. Um, so for that state, for that reason. Uh, it's not even on my radar you, were, you can't grade it we can't grade it on what it could have been you can only grade it on what it is
0: you were very close to doing the Dragon's Den there You went for that reason I, thought I was I thought you were going to go I'm out
1: <laughs> I nearly did <laughs> but it's a bit cheesy it so. is, yeah you're right <laughs> it I'm,
0: not, is. I'm, ple- I'm, I'm pleased you pulled out of it but I, uh, for a second there I thought I was there uh, <laughs> I had old Duncan okay. on the line rather than uh, showbiz port <laughs> Uh, Okay, I think we've gone through quite a few of those there, I'm sure we'll do that again in a minute because there's certainly a few that I don't really want to entertain, but I'm going to offer up one um, which I think is worthy of being on the list uh, and it is for the reason that the, the, the gimmick part of it is not much of a gimmick in fact, if anything, it's restrictive rather than opening it up and I'm going to offer up the submission match um, oh, okay. Yeah. Which I think is a gimmick match. It might not be full of lots of over the top bells and whistles and whatever, but it's still a gimmick match. And uh, I possibly would in, would put the I quit match with it and couple the two. Although you could argue that they are they are subtly different. I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about that separately. But I love the submission match because I love proper wrestling. I like two good wrestlers that know how to work one another, know how to convince an audience that they are hurting one another to the point where one of them can't take it anymore. And it feels like a real... uh, I won't say that you can get lucky winning a wrestling match, but there is the whole idea that someone could beat you up for 20 minutes, you hit the right kind of inside cradle, and you win. Now, that's part of wrestling. That's part of the fun. It can happen in football. One team can have 25 shots... And they all get deflected wide And the other team has one shot at the other end And they win 1-0 So sport, it happens where you get a lucky punch in boxing you know, It happens yeah, in a sure. lot of sports where you can get lucky like that So that's not a problem not, not a criticism of the normal match But I like the idea that you can't get lucky in a submission match You've got to be a great technical wrestler But this is in kayfabe world You've got to be so tough that you can make your opponent And it's usually an important match This real important opponent tap out Or give up well, as we've seen in a match such as the the very famous Bretton Steve Austin one, that they pass out and it's a technical stoppage. I think that when booked correctly, which they usually are, you have the right kind of people. You know, you you'll, you'll book a a Kurt Angle or a Chris Benoit or a, you know, if if you, if you were doing it right now in WWE, you know, is it the kind of thing that you would do if you ever got to a Brock Lesnar versus Matt Riddle match or you know, you know, there's certain people out there where you go, oh, they, they are a, a wrestler. a wrestler's wrestler. Yeah. Um, and I, because I like the the pure nature of wrestling, um, I love a, a submission match. Would you can A, do you agree with me? And B, would you can I would basically say a, a, re, a, a submission match and an I quit match are not the same, but they're close enough to be together. Do you, I don't know what you think about that.
1: Okay, so part A, submission matches agree with you uh, completely with the caveat that it's got to be the right guys obviously
0: um, I think
1: that goes for most could, of these matches though I, it totally does but some more pronounced than others like you could not have yeah you're right you couldn't have Big Show against Kane in a ladder match and you couldn't have uh, Rey Mysterio against Sin Cara in a submission match could you um, not really um, but if you get the right guys in a submission match they're going to be absolutely wonderful William Regal Chris Benoit Chris Jericho Kurt Angle um, the, the list goes on you know nowadays Matt, like you mentioned Matt Riddle um, Timothy Thatcher we've spoken about Walter those sorts of guys submission matches absolutely fantastic um, and I really like the dynamic I like the, the grind yeah, but I go back you know you look at MMA um, I'm a fan of MMA maybe a lapsed fan I don't watch it anywhere near as much as I used to um, when I worked in it but I like a good submission more than I like a good knockout in MMA nine times out of ten and it goes the same for, for wrestling I really really like a I'm a sucker for a great yeah. submission finisher so a match built around those really grinds you know, really gets my attention so yes I think submission matches are absolutely fantastic I quit matches I don't think they're anywhere no I do think they're similar but I don't think they're similar enough to be lumped in together okay. and I think the reason for that is an I quit match and admittedly when they started out they were very similar um, I think the first one was Backlund against Brett wasn't it? That was the first. Out-and-out. I mean, it, pl- I quit it, match it, it, it right might not have been the first cap. one
0: because I'm always wary of saying that the first one was a Sorry, WWE one. Sorry, it was one in WWE. Yeah, of course. Because there's, yes. there's often been one in, in Memphis or in world class yeah. Championship wrestling or something, and then it's been lifted. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. The first one on a, a in the same way. as the one first major
1: stage. In, WWE. in the
0: first in the same way that the first ladder match is, is Razor and Shawn. You know, there you go brackets there it probably go. was something in in Calgary five years earlier but yeah I, I, I take your point
1: mm. so and I think they started off quite more, much more similar than they are now but now I think the I quit match is more about brutality and it's more about not making your opponent submit it's about devastating to the point that they throw in the towel they quit and there is a different there's a big difference submission is the best man wins in a wrest out a wrestling match i quit is i'm going to beat the living shit out of you with whatever is at my disposal in the most inhumane way possible until you simply as a human being cannot take the punishment anymore um, and i think and i think that's the difference i think it's a much more violent match a, a submission match is technical an i quit match is violent um, and I think that's and humiliating there's nothing humiliating about submitting in a sporting contest you know uh, go back to UFC and you know, if you if you submit you lose the match but you know it's a sport it's a, it's a fair fight if you are in a submission match in wrestling it's the same thing if you are in an I quit match the whole sort of idea coming out of it is that you've been humiliated you're less of a man coming out of the match because you've Verbally said, I quit. And I think there is a there's a big distinction to be made, you know, whether you know we've seen various scenarios in I Quit match over the years, everything from threatening violence against women or loved ones, through to you know, threatening to throw people off huge, you know, drops and things like that. And it, you know, it's all you know some of it's work better than others. But I really like, I think it's very different. And I do like the I Quit match actually. I think it's got its place. I probably would say I prefer the submission match, but. Um, I quit match as, as a very strong place in the right sort of feud.
0: Two things on the, the points that you've made, which you've you made really well. Um, one is that in the MMA comparison, um, not only do I agree with you, I go so far as to say that one of the reasons I don't like MMA, and indeed I don't like boxing, and I don't like rugby for that matter, is because I've got a bit of a weak stomach when it comes to actual real mm-hmm. violence that can really hurt people. And like there was that one knocking around over that uh, I saw over the weekend on Twitter, which was i like, which I happened to see because I could not see it, but it was like is this the best knockout in UFC history? And it was basically a spin kick, wasn't it? And he caught him in the face and down went yeah, yeah. mate yeah. Now well that make I've got a weak summit so I went oh god oh god I don't want to see that. And so when that popped up on my timeline again, I was like oh no click away I don't want to see that where some people go wow did you see that I go oh no 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 no, that's not for me I don't like that no I'm not knocking the sport necessarily I'm just saying that's not my kind of thing because I I don't enjoy seeing people suffer however if I was to watch UFC which I don't but if I was to watch it and someone was to you know do a nice little leg grapevine or you know whatever it was you know a bit of a a whatever some sort of submission hold but they're not trying to cripple them they're just trying to put enough pressure on them that the guy has to tap. Oh, I've got a lot of time for that. I've got I've got much respect for that. That is showing a skill and an art. Um mm. but you know, and even if they break their arm, okay, they break their arm, it's, like, it's not the end of the world. But ha- someone getting hit on the head and getting knocked out it's like, oh, I can't I can't watch that. That's not that's to me that's too graphic and too unnecessary and I don't I don't I don't care for that. Um it's a bit caveman to me that. Um, but anyway that's just just just, just my theory um, moving on to the, the I quit match thing I think one of the things that lost me on an I quit match and someone will correct me and tell me it wasn't exactly I quit or I might have the wrong the wrong people but I seem to remember that there was an I quit match between Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles in TNA in which Christopher Daniels essentially got some sort of big spike or some scissors or
1: I think it was a screwdriver a, or something and right. just
0: basically was trying to put it into AJ's eye and AJ you know, said oh, I quit because he thought that someone was going to take his face off with a spike. And I'm like, okay, if that's the rules of a match, why doesn't someone just get a gun?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Submit or it's I'll shoot problem. you. And it's, like, and, it's like, no. and it's true, but it's like you know, at the end of the day, yeah, that's silly. And it's like it's not silly. If I want to win a match, I'll sh- I will. Th- if if the rule is anything goes, I will shoot you. That is my way of yeah. beating you. I will shoot you through the head, and then and then you either tap out because I'm going to shoot you or I'll shoot you and then I'll pin you or you'll, you know, and it's like, <laughs> no, that, that's not ever going to happen but know, if you follow, I know, I know. if you follow the logic through and the, the, the thing that you have signed, some sort of waiver that anything goes, then you are legitimately allowed to murder someone. So murder them. No, I, I I agree
1: with it and I agree that that's a good example of it going too far but I think we, as wrestling fans, we, we have to be sensible enough to draw our own lines no, where know we that. know no, 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 no. Like you know, any match that hasn't got a rule, you, a firearm could come into play technically, couldn't it? You know, be it a ladder match or a cage match or anything. We just have to agree to not think about it.
0: No, no I don't think, I think so. It's think I think the onus is on the company to draw the right, the draw their kind of line, and the fans would accept it. A little example is whenever someone has a chair in their hand. So it's me versus you, and I've got a chair in my hand. Why on earth do I hit you in the back? <laughs> why don't I just smash you in the face with it? The answer is... Well, why? Because, in reality, we're not doing chair shots to the head because that causes concussions, and you'd be fucking mental to have not seen the Nigel McGuinness documentary and not seen various other people's histories with concussions and whatever to carry on doing it. It's ridiculous, and any company that permits it in this day and age are witless and are not worth your time. If you ever watch a company that you like, and they do... Honestly, if Dynamite do a chair shot to their head next week, stop watching them. If your local... oh I did. Well, stop watching them then. And if your local... I did. If your local indie wrestling company does it, stop watching them. It's not good enough. It's not on. Right? I hate it. But the trouble is, it, it, it kills your logic, and it's like, well, why wouldn't they just hit them in the head? So there's two ways of doing it. Either gimmick the chair... And make it foam and put a sound effect on, which is not great. Or have the company say, yes, these matches are no DQ, but there are certain rules that you can never cross. Now, there was a company that came along years ago. I forget, I think they were called Bushido or something like that. It was like before UFC. And I specifically remember the advert. And they said, anything goes except... No eye gouging and no fish hooking, or something like that. They literally said, these are the two or three things you can't do. Yeah. Anything else is fine. And I think wrestling companies should do that and should say, and it's a one liner, it's a throwaway one line, but it's this is a no DQ match. You're not allowed to commit anything that could cause you know, deliberate permanent harm. You're not allowed to hit chair shots to the head. But other than that, anything goes. Within wrestling, anything goes. Like, do you know what I mean? You, you, could, you could do that. It's only a one-line thing, yeah, and you could do it. But I think that that should happen for things like I Quit Matches and, and various others. And the, You are right to an extent that fans need to draw their own conclusions. And I am, I am generally being a bit over the top about it. But I do think that companies are lazy and expect the fans just to accept something whereas again I'll go back to my idea of you know if Sam hopefully you're not letting Samuel watch massive bloodbaths and stuff but Uh, no no. but if you were to (laughs) under supervision you know he probably would say why didn't you just hit him in the head do you know what I mean it's the kind of thing that that a six year old would say why didn't you just do that why didn't you In in (laughs) in the same way that I can remember being eight years old and doing like RE at school and it's like well Jesus died on the cross and the kids will go why didn't he just magic it so he wasn't and it's, if, he's, if he's mad why didn't he just magic it and it's <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a much longer description in terms of theology but there is a lot of well, why doesn't he just magic it then and it's the same with rest well why doesn't he just do this then and oftentimes, you know that person although being sounding basic has a point
1: yeah absolutely and I'll tell you what we're going to do right now is whilst we're on the subject of extreme weaponry let's eliminate right now the death match
0: do you mean Uh, in in terms of the barbed wire ball exploding I, i mean yes
1: exactly i mean light tubes gouging people basically causing yourself literal bodily harm it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it's redundant it's it's just shows no level of skill, it's a shortcut um, and most often it's done in the least appropriate of places when you're getting the least reward, I can almost almost understand putting yourself through that level of ridiculous suffering in the main event of Wrestlemania in front of 80,000 people yeah. I cannot fathom why you do it in front of 300 people in a bingo hall or a high school or something like that. I think it's just ridiculous, um, and, and that you know, and I'll, I, I just don't see any, any skill in it at all.
0: I don't either. Um, I'm afraid. I don't either. Um, and I could, I
1: think... you, you and I could go out tomorrow and beat the shit out of each other with lawn mowers and light bulbs and drawing pins and barbed wire and we could elicit a reaction by beating the shit out of each other maiming each other and causing ourselves some degree of permanent or semi-permanent harm why mm. why is that any any two people could do that yeah, any well, two people
0: you don't need skill you just need a, a high pain threshold or at least a willingness to, to get through it Um, I think what's yeah. a shame is there's often very very talented wrestlers that, that, that go down that route yeah um, I agree Listen, I I am a big Mick Foley fan in many, many ways But it is one of the lasting negative effects That Mick Foley has had on the wrestling industry Because he did get famous by blowing himself up in Japan And jumping off his roof And, you know, it is a negative because people think they can now If you look at the nuance of it That is not the reason why Mick Foley is famous and rich and successful It's because he had a hell of a character and could work and you know was a good wrestling character. That's why he's successful. Not because he jumped off roofs, but ultimately it did get him noticed. And and people think they can do the same thing. Um, my reaction to, would be to you know the uh, the kind of oh you ne- you need to have light tubes and you need to have real violence and real blood and all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing, Paul. You like your films. Did you know that when um uh I for- oh crack, I forgot their names, but when um all those actors in Jaws were there um. I forgot, I've forgotten forgot, forgot every actor that's in Jaws. What's he called? Richard. Rich, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus and all his mates that when they were filming Jaws. Did you know that that was a real shark in the water?
1: Yeah, they they offered their limbs out they So real shark, realistic.
0: and they had to act better because if they fell in the water, a real shark would actually eat them. Yeah. Said, of course, it fucking wasn't, and there's, there's a, there's a reason why it, it wasn't, and they're not real dinosaurs in Jurassic Park either, and it's. And it's I, I hate the idea. Now, listen, every, I'm not saying every now and again someone doesn't have to get hurt, and that someone actually punches someone, or you know, a sharpshooter really hurts, or whatever. You know, we can take a bit of physical punishment. That's, that's accepted in a, in a physical sport. Yeah. But to actually go, actually hit people with real implements and stuff, and it's like, as very very good wrestlers will remind you that you're meant to make it look like it hurts and not hurt anyone. Not the complete opposite, which is to do something that looks like shit and actually hurts. Um, yep. which is what some people do and it's a waste of time so no well done for bringing it up I didn't even have it on my list actually the death match because well, it's so beneath me
1: people will talk it and that is the passionate and real reason why it's not even remotely in consideration and should not be a part of wrestling um, so that's that so um, can we pick off a few more that I've got on here yeah like, God, I, I, need I've, to be addressed I've had sure. my
0: run of uh, getting rid of some let's have you do some
1: yeah well first of all Inferno match
0: yeah don't care for it
1: no I mean it's like it's limiting more than who thinks they're going to get burned by the fire they're just not um, let's go next okay here's one that you might think merits some discussion I don't Boiler Room Brawls
0: oh, again didn't even have it on my list there you go. I, even it down. It. I hate the Boiler Room Brawl the one from Summertime yes. 96 the last, the last two minutes are fun you know, when the whole the turn of bearer and stuff, but the actual match is yeah, 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 boring. Yeah. Yes,
1: agreed. And the last one, uh, it's, uh, it's one that's used a lot, um, but it's more often than not shite, pole matches.
0: Right? Okay, okay. I don't agree with you in terms of the concept. I do agree with you in terms of the usage of the concept the actual idea if you take it back to its base element is that there is an object available and if you get to it you can use it as a weapon I'm sort of alright with that, I think that's not a bad idea Um, I also think that it should be that whoever gets to it first is the only person that can use it otherwise the the other person should be disqualified, so that's your advantage by reaching the whatever it is weapon first you are the only one that can use said weapon But it's become a joke, and it was, you know, it was the ongoing joke in WCW. It's still with Vince Russo even now, you know, that he books on a pole matches, um, and it was used really, really often, and it's ridiculous. And it's even led to, you know, even you know, TNA did it semi-jokingly, but not always. And so you had they had. I hated Feast or Fire. What a stupid concept that was, Feast or Fire. Yeah, of course it was. And it's like. No no, just just no. I mean ultimately that is a not a bad concept ruined by horrendous execution for thirty years. Yep, agreed. It's not a bad if you'd never seen one before and you did it properly, it's not a terrible idea.
1: Okay. Two more I want to discuss right now. Parking lot brawl.
0: Yeah, again, I've not got, I, I've not got that down. I, again, I, I kind of all I have all of these things into one sort of hardcore envelope, really.
1: I think it's a little bit different in it. You, you know, I I love the um, the visual of having the cars in a row and having it like you know you know bouncing off bonnets and stuff like that. I really like it, um, and I I usually enjoy it, but I just don't think it gets up on the list. Uh, Another one was one that's only been used a handful of times again I don't mind it but I just don't think it deserves a mention but not a consideration is the uh, the scramble match I've got the scramble
0: down I really really liked the scramble they were good weren't they they were fun I don't I'm not crazy about the I don't think I would want to see world titles put in scramble matches but it wouldn't bother me massively if lesser titles were used for scramble matches but the idea being if it, there, there is a very fair chance Paul that there's people listening that don't know what a scramble match is because it was used you know a couple of times quite quickly That's and true. then and then never used again essentially um if you term it as a game if it was a game of football it would be last goal wins you know so even if i scored yeah. seven if paul scored the last one it wouldn't be 7-1 to me he'd win because he scored the last one but the idea being, if you get the first one, first result, so someone would go in as the champion, so I would go in as the champion, there'd be five people against me. If Paul is one of those people and he pins me after a minute, there's a time limit on it, I think it was just normally 30 minutes. If Paul pins me after... 15 minutes. 15, was it? Okay, 15 minutes. If Paul pins me after two minutes, he's the kind of interim champion. And if he is, if he doesn't get pinned for the next 13 minutes, then he's the champ. I actually don't have a massive problem with that. That style no, of
1: match, and I, I like think it's it. a
0: bit fun. It's a bit, it's a bit hard to follow at times, and, and whatever. But I don't mind it massively. I, I enjoyed the matches for what they were. There's a couple of good matches that they had. Didn't Jericho win one of them? But when he was doing the he um, the, the the angle with Shawn Michaels.
1: Yeah, he did. He uh, he lost to Shawn Michaels on the pay per view, um, and, and I believe like an unsanctioned street fight or something similar. And then CM Punk was the champion he got taken out before the match by Randy Orton he was feuding with he wasn't even in the match if I remember rightly um, so he couldn't defend it he was essentially stripped of the title and the, the, the scramble match started with no champion uh, and Chris Jericho was named as his replacement and you know won it so uh, yeah Reed, I believe was a, a sneaky
0: a sneaky little pin at yeah, the end so
1: yeah exactly exactly so that was a good one and then there was you know there was three on that pay-per-view and again goes back to the rule we were talking about earlier of you know, less is more, um, but in their own right, they're all good matches. Matt Hardy, I think it was, won the ECW one, and Triple H won the SmackDown one, and then there's been a couple more since then. So, uh, yeah, I, I I liked it, I liked it, but it's uh, I'd like I'd like to see it again, but it's not all time great.
0: I've got a couple more to get rid of, um, and actually, I'll say one of them I'll get rid of is I like the scrambled match better than this, is that I think a little bit too often they go to a gauntlet a bit too often oh, yeah. uh, in certain yeah. companies like a tag team gauntlet so, or something I agree I agree and it doesn't really make any sense because if you've got eight teams like literally the team that comes out last has only got to win one match whereas the team that gets drawn first has to win loads at least with the scramble yep. it's, everyone's got an equal and fair chance um, whereas the gauntlet is just a bit silly I mean it really is only for the reason that you do a gauntlet match is for uh, for the pop that really is the only way of doing it because you get X amount of pops per match
1: the only gauntlet match that I would ever say was excellent and fit the story and everything else was the one before the tag team gauntlet before Wrestlemania 35 that was the one that Xavier Woods and Big E won that got Kofi Kingston his shot at Wrestlemania both execution wise and storyline wise that match was absolutely exceptional that's about the only one I could say was more than good more yeah. than adequate.
0: and it, what that did really was the existing flaws of the gauntlet match were still there but the storytelling was so good it superseded it
1: exactly do you know
0: what I mean you exactly actually, right you could see round the flaws because the storytelling was so good so it was kind of allowable um, but I I, can't, yes. I don't like a gauntlet match and um, one that's a bit similar to uh, Inferno, for me, is First Blood. Oh yeah, I've
1: forgotten that one.
0: It's one yeah. that I, th- I think in, in this day and age you don't really see it anyway because of the nature of the uh, of the blood use in wrestling. But uh, I would get rid of that immediately because again, where's the skill in just you know? I can just hit you in the arm with a needle. I mean, that's not a, yep. that's not a skill. It's not a wrestling skill, is it? Just jabbing you with a needle, and you happen to bleed on me. Um, so I don't like that one and here's a perhaps a uh, one that we're, if we're getting into slightly more obvious matches and one that I don't like and this is the one that I have the, the biggest issue with and I won't go into one of my horrible ranty moments unless you defend it in which case I might be forced <laughs> is the strap match or ok var- variations of the strap match the bull rope any anything where essentially the two competitors are locked together now I will say if the rule is we are tied together by whatever it happens to be and the rules are still I pin you or I submit you or whatever I'm not, I don't mind that that's okay that's, that's just a bit of a, a, a bit of intrigue but the nature of the tap the turnbuckle
1: oh God is dear. one
0: of the most witless ridiculous gimmicks I have ever seen in my life for two reasons one how does it show that i'm a better fighter than you that i can tap the turnbuckle i might just throw you to the out you know obviously like you're attached to me but if i could just run around that doesn't do anything does it just i put on my shoulder and i run around tapping things but secondly they always had this rule where they said you have to touch all four in succession but in almost every strap match you've ever seen so i'm beating you up i've got you on my shoulder and I tap one turnbuckle you unbeknownst to me, tap it as well yeah and all I do ones. that and I do that for three turnbuckles and when I get to the fourth one, you suddenly burst into life, knock me down, touch the fourth one and you win but yep. you didn't touch four in a row, did you? you touched one in a row because I touch one then you touch one then I touch one and you touch one all right so uh, in what world? Did you do four in a row? And if it's four at any point in the match, then you've already bloody done that. I absolutely despise that. It drives me up the wall. It's such a I stupid am... rule.
1: I'm with you 100% um, on the on the four corners. Absolutely. On the opposite end of the scale, I think a chain match or a, or a strap match in which, like you say, where you just strap together and you have another a fight is actually a match I would advocate being on the top five
0: yeah I don't um, you, is, is the finish is the finish a pin or a submission or a knockout or something? exactly yeah yes. fine yes, no, yes. no problem with that no
1: problem with that at all yeah I think I think now you know when you've got these two guys chained together especially when you have the nice short chain I think it adds some a real interesting dynamic to the match and a real on of excitement actually and, and again I you know I think you're probably detecting a theme in all the gimmicks I like, kind of promote a bit of additional layers of violence really, within you know, you know the parameters of what should be a wrestling match um, threat of violence rather than actual physical violence, and I think the, 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 the chain match or the strap match really, really does that to an amazing degree, like the two that I remember um, vividly uh, Brock Lesnar against Undertaker in 2002 was a Tremendous match, two guys beating hell out of each other, couldn't get more than five feet away from each other. Brilliant match. Um, and then about a year or so earlier, Triple H against Kane um, in 2001 in a similar style chain match which was just wonderful old school wrestling. I'm a big fan of the old school stuff, and uh, and those two are brilliant. I am I'm, I'm not so sure it will make the five, but I'm probably going to make a a case for it making the five.
0: Okay, well I've, I've emboldened it which is what I do on my uh, uh, my word document to the ones that uh, we're going to at least uh, talk about so um, I make it that that's six that have made it so far so we'll see if any any others get to that next stage Um, I'm going to chuck a couple at you and you either defend it and say we're going to talk about it more or you go you agree with me that it's not necessarily nonsense but just not something that's going to make the five um, uh, lumberjack match nah no, you know it's not. It's
1: it's an interesting match type that's thrown up a couple of good ones, but um, it's more a contrived situation than a match type. So no,
0: Texas Deathmatch, and what I mean by that is what is generally referred to. Not, they don't call it a Texas death match in WWE but it's a match that they do very very um, infrequently the type of match is really the closest one that you'll get to being a, a high profile match in WWE is really the match that, that Randy Savage and Crush had at Wrestlemania 10 which wasn't a good match in itself but the concept is essentially that you pin someone and they've got X amount of time to you know, respond to the count
1: uh, yeah yeah um doesn't really do much for me if I'm honest yeah it's fine but I I can't think of a single example where I go that was tremendous Um, I think in the old
0: days I think it's one of those ones that people with a a better grasp of history than us I agree would probably tell you about excellent one it's called a Texas death match for a reason I suspect there have been unbelievably good ones between for example I don't know um, you know uh, Kerry Von Erich and Gino Hernandez yeah, you know, yeah or exactly. or you know or and, you know Michael Hayes and uh, Iceman King Parsons or like you know people yeah. that in, in the in the in the w, WCCW territory I suspect yes. have done it very very well that I don't know about I like the idea of it but I don't have enough good examples of it for uh, for it to work uh okay I'm I'm down to my last sort of eight or nine and I'm starting to get into ones that we want to talk about a little bit more deep but I'm going to go in next with what I've got down as hardcore brackets others And the others I would refer to would be no holds barred, no DQ, street fight, extreme rules. Although there is is an argument to say extreme rules is more like a false count anywhere, but we'll come to that. I'm basically talking about any match which is just. I know what you're talking about. Anything anything goes.
1: Yeah. Boston street fight and all that malarkey. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll I'll say it straight out. I wouldn't have this in my five just because it feels so generic Um, you know yes you can use weapons but okay how does that add to the drama of the match how does it how does it add unique and interesting situations to the match it doesn't it just shows that you can hit people with a set of steel steps without having to contrive a ref bump spot Um, it allows you to have a run in without having to explain it away to me a hardcore match is more often than not a crutch some other storytelling rather than an interesting gimmick in itself I don't there's nothing in a hardcore match that makes it stand out to a regular match to me and I think that has to be a key criteria and it just doesn't doesn't do that for me at all
0: Um, a couple of things I'll say here quickly I can imagine there being people who say oh well the difference between a hardcore match and a no disqualification match is dot 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 and basically they will tell you what the difference is on Smackdown versus Raw 2006 or yeah, whatever, yeah. You know, there was a difference on on the on the game on the computer game. There certainly was. I haven't played a wrestling computer game in ten years, but when I had done, when I, when I had done, what sort of bad sentence is that? When I did cool. do so, there were differences between those matches that were subtle, and the same way that there yeah. were certain differences between moves. You know that the the show stopper was different for the chokeslam because it had a different animation of the big show yes. doing it. So um, they're not different. You know, the last ride is not different from a power bomb it's just a variant of the power bomb Again, yeah another uh, another topic for another day um but I would say that there is a an almost unofficial difference between a hardcore match is an, a match that is knowingly full of weapons and violence and for the hardcore title such as the old days with Raven and Steve blackman and al snow and tommy dreamer and whatever way you know there's going to be this full of plunder and sticks and bowling balls and and whatever that is kind of unofficially what a hardcore match is um a street fight is a is essentially a match where for some reason the two men arrive wearing different gear to their normal wrestling gear which is weird because they're not it's not like they're not allowed to wear that wrestling gear at other points but yeah um you sort of had that set up different there and you sort of feel that to me no disqualification was more what they tended to do it's very much an Attitude Era crutch where it would be um, your main And they would not announce it ahead of time but like two matches in they'd go to the King and JR at ringside and they'd go we've just heard that tonight's main event between the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be no disqualification sometimes it was to play into the idea that the, the McMahon you know, regime was trying to screw someone. Sometimes it was just there to completely hide the fact, as you said, that there was going to be some sort of run-in and that was going to affect the finish. Sometimes it was to, you know, to alter the fact that the performers weren't good enough. It was normally happened within a, a Shane or a Vince match. That you we know the, the way of hiding the fact that they can't do a proper one-on-one is yeah. to make it no DQ. Um, I tend to find, as you said, it's a crutch. It's not how can we make this match better it is how can we prevent it from being horrendous and how can we book around what we really want to do and we don't want to have one man beat another man in a wrestling match and we want our heel to win but we don't want him to beat our baby face so we'll find a way around it and ultimately it's hard to find too many satisfying matches like it you'll find a few you'll find Triple H versus Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam what year was that, 2002? Um, yeah, and it was amazing, and it's one of the greatest matches yeah. ever. And it worked, and it worked for the you know every now and again you come to the end of a feud, and the logical thing to do is to go, do you know what? Let them fight. All bets are off. You can use weapons, you can use whatever. On you go. And there is a there is a, a reason for doing that, and it occasionally works. But to put it up in the top five ever, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel that I don't. I want to let it happen because it's the more, the more natural thing. If there was an absolute blood feud between two people, would you go, I know what we'll do, we'll get a ladder out? Whereas actually you would go, no, they can do what they want. They can just fight, they beat the shit out of each other and whoever's winning wins. Um, but I do think the way it has been used over the years, if you say a hardcore match, I think you think of the hardcore plunder of 2000 to 2002... With people resting, you know. With, you think of Crash Holly and Raven and Steve Blackman, yeah, and not Triple H and Shawn Michaels.
1: I just think, you know, maybe what we should. We probably, in hindsight, we should start with this match. This should have been our benchmark. This should be our bar. Um, and I'd be I think I don't think we cross it out necessarily yet because it is such a well-used match, and there's been some great examples of that match. But I suspect when we come to narrow this down, it's not going to make the cut.
0: Okay, what about Falls Count Anywhere? Because that's subtly different.
1: It is very different. Um, again, Falls Count Anywhere is good. It's good. It's a good step. I like it. It's quite a point of difference. It creates a bit of excitement. Uh, but it's not exciting enough for me to go, oh yeah, it's great. When you tell me Falls Count Anywhere, what's my iconic image from Falls Count Anywhere? Probably, actually a hardcore match from back in 98, 99, when Bob Holly and Al Snow brawled into the river in uh, in Memphis. Um, that's probably my defining moment of a, of a Falls Count Anywhere match. And again, and, um, and again, that's
0: where the lines start to blur because what they call yeah, exactly. quote-unquote a hardcore match was Falls Count Anywhere sometimes yeah. and sometimes it wasn't. And indeed in ECW, if they had an Extreme Rules match, that would often be Falls Count Anywhere. So right. The lines are blurred. Yeah, so
1: I I I don't think it's something that I, I think it's too close to a hardcore match to really care, for want of a better word. I I just don't think there's any arguments to be made. Like you couldn't have this and a hardcore match on the list, could you? No, not it's not different like, enough. So of, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's different enough to to warrant consideration. Yeah,
0: it's yeah it's almost like rugby union and rugby sevens isn't it it's like they're
1: bang on
0: they're they're broadly the same sport but they're not quite or or test match in 2020 or something like that it's like yeah, they're they're roughly the same thing still cricket Um, I would say in terms of the actual concept itself I think it's not it's not a terrible one but again if you're defining places on the card If you are saying that a Hell in a Cell match is only going to be done by top of the card people and a blindfold match is only going to be done by comedy wrestlers, I sort of feel like the False Count Anywhere match is broadly going to be an upper mid-card match. Yeah, you know, do you know what yes. I mean? It's like That's it's, right, yeah. there, there will be title matches down the history that have, that have had it, but I sort of feel like if I'm going to get a Falls Count Anywhere match, I know it's not going to stay in the ring. I know it's going to go backstage. I know there will be some sort of slightly gimmicky moment there, some a comedy moment of someone going into the, you know, they'll fight into the the toilet, or they'll fight into you know a dressing room, and there'll be mm. a, a, a a cameo from someone you weren't expecting and there's enough light within the seriousness to make it not quite as important as it might be do you see what I mean by that
1: yeah yeah often I think you're absolutely right I think you can do I think you can do it both ways there's been some cracking examples of full camera matches where you've had you know brawls in concession stands and things like that that really do add to the drama uh, and then there's been, like you say, you know, bursting into the women's locker room and all the girls shrieking, holding towels up to themselves, um, and all sorts in between. So yeah, I think I think you can go both ways. Um, there's another match that we need to probably cro- uh, probably get through that I don't think we've talked about yet. Now, this is a match that's been quite well protected over the years. It's been used sparingly and often to fairly good effect. But I think what's going to really um, what's going to really sort of stand against it in, in terms of its consideration here is the fact that over the last year or sort of nine months it has been so so overused used to death um, of course I'm talking about the empty arena match
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I, was meant to be a joke oh was it outside oh, was sorry I did make your pardon um, oh yeah, because no, okay, one of the re- sorry, one of the reasons I didn't take it as a joke is because I actually looked at a thing earlier on, um, which had a sort of top X amount of gimmick matches, and they included the empty arena match, and I sort of thought I'm not crazy about that being a gimmick match. To me, to me, it's a Falls go Anywhere match. It just happens to be no fans. Oh no. Um, so it I, is I, it,
1: I think I think because of its unique atmosphere until this year, yeah. uh, and 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 the way that it was, you know, designed to be. A match that was so violent, I think it's enough to differentiate, but certainly not enough to get it on the list. Well, I think this year, a, I think
0: there's only ever been good, one good
1: one. Which one do you think?
0: Jerry Lawler vs Terry Funk. Uh, well, so, yeah, so I, so, I can't agree with that. It's the only good one. Wasn't, I've ever the one
1: seen. wasn't the one in TNA? Am I making this up? Was there a Sting Angle one or something like that that was that was good? Oh, Could be completely making
0: that up. But yeah, it rings bad, but, but the fact that I right. I can't, the fact that I can't remember it. I just remember Terry. My my eye. You know, I did, yeah. I did, it's, That's the only thing. I, that's my that's the only empty arena match I'm familiar with. So
1: I only mention it for levity. Sorry, we'll mate. I do this. beg your pardon. That was
0: that was well, my, hope, that was my fault.
1: Hopefully, some of the listeners will have got that when they uh, when they left it, but we'll see. That we'll, is the we'll...
0: trouble with doing gags when there's no audience. Is if, if the audience is only one person and he's a witless idiot and didn't get it. Um, then it's uh, it's tricky isn't oh, it but if it's uh, it is. hopefully the people at home and in the car and wherever they are in, in the uh, lockdown wherever they are in the world um, much, laugh at that
1: much more difficult to do any form of entertainment when there's no live audience to react to isn't it
0: which was your point in the first place well you brought that, <laughs> you brought that back background um, okay uh, I have one more which is a bit of a, a question mark match as in is it a gimmick match or is it just a, a bit yeah. more of a stipulation what about a match that would be something something along the lines of two out of three falls? Oh, totally, that's a gimmick match. Because I quite totally. like them. I'm a big fan of them in one way, but I'm not so much of a fan in another. Perhaps you can. It, I know tell. exactly
1: what you're going to say. Go on. Um, I think the first the thing you don't like about it is it leads to quick falls that are naturally quick
0: actually that's um, true I hadn't thought of that but th- that's true but also the other thing is I think they're very badly booked most of the time and again this is maybe the booking rather than the actual concept match but right what happened if you're in a if it's a battle royal you're a babyface, Paul yeah it's, it's unnatural to you but go with it um, <laughs> if, if you're a babyface in a battle royal and you're down to the last three who are the other two
1: well heels always they, they yeah. are heels
0: you go down yeah. to the last three in a battle royal. They're heels, right? Two heels, one babyface. Now it doesn't mean to say that the babyface is definitely going to win. It doesn't mean to say that the heels are definitely going to win. But the the dynamic is generally one babyface, two heels, because you need that, you know, that jeopardy. Yeah. Similar goes for Survivor Series matches. You tend to have it that the the, the the heels are four two up or three one up or whatever it might be. You need that. You need you need that jeopardy for the babyface there are too many 2 out of 3 falls matches where the heel wins the first fall fairly because all they should be able to then do is brag that they beat them I beat you um, I wrestled you Paul Benson for your title and you beat me 2-1 but I beat you in the first fall so therefore I'm better than you and in a normal day I would have beaten you and I'd be champion and they'd be right but the heel shouldn't be right and it's like, but they always have to have the heel go one nil up For the jeopardy of the babyface coming back to being 2-1 But actually it would be far better if it was the other way round And that the babyface won the first one And then the second fall is either the babyface wins 2-0 Which is even cooler Or the heel equalises and it's 1-1 one one so you've got the jeopardy of the 2-1 And then if the heel goes on to win The babyface is the one that can say But I had you, I beat you first until you cheated do you know what I mean? It's the, the logic. I think the logic of the two out of three falls is usually very, very badly executed. But the concept of it, I quite like. It like like anything. You know, I I might be wrong here, but I believe the um the baseball in America and the ice hockey in America, there is not a final. There's a series. And yeah. it's not, you don't win you don't win the Stanley Cup by winning a one off ice hockey match. You win by winning Four out of seven or, or however many it is And the same with the World Series Baseball Because it's considered so important That we can't just have one match to settle it You know, you know yep. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not advocating the best of seven series for the FA Cup But I can sort of see the idea That if something is so important That you need to have a Well actually what you do is you have a league And the winners of the league win it But you, you know you, you take my point I can see why they have a you know a series final rather than a one-off final, and that's kind of what the two out of three falls match is. You might get lucky once, but you won't get lucky twice.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's the fundamental reason behind it. And the other thing I'd say is when you talk about that first fall, and you can brag about winning that first fall. Not yes, you can, but no, you can't. Um, if 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 I know that you and I are having a one-on-one match, and if you pin me, I lose the world title in the main event, I will give every last ounce of my being. To get out of that pinfall, if I know if you pin me, I've still got a chance to rectify the situation, and I'm not going to use expend every last bit of energy because I need something left for the next go round. Um, now,
0: so you th- are correct in that assertion. You're absolutely correct in that assertion. But we all know that wrestling companies don't believe in their fans enough to tell that story. Don't believe sure. in their announcers enough to tell that story. And actually, when the heel turns around and says, "I beat you," first of all, I should be champion too often they've done it in a fair manner and you're right, in the other point you said is that sometimes the pinfalls come tum, come too quickly but in fairness, I think all of these problems generally are booking issues, they're not the fault of the, the gimmick itself.
1: I'm I'm a big fan of two out of three falls and when we're talking about three stages of hell, this is where we put those matches.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed.
1: Because because that is what they are, the fact that they've got gimmicks on those falls is I mean, it's kind of neither here nor there, they're structured like a, 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 three, a two out of three falls. And I think they're they're excellent. I think you like you say just to adds to that extra layer of. I think it does what an Iron Man match is supposed to do, and we'll probably come to Iron Man matches soon. But Iron Man match is go to, to to be that epic sort of lengthy, dramatic. You know, you've really got to pull this one out. I think that is it's a two out of three falls match. That's what that does. And but without the contrived nonsense that we're all about to shit on when the Iron Man match comes around. Um, the two out of three I, I i like it an awful lot in you know you can have a two out of three falls match on raw to settle a long standing dispute if there's been a couple of close matches and you want a rubber match but with a definitive winner you can have it as you could have a two out of three falls match as the main event at wrestlemania if you wanted you probably wouldn't but you could um i think my favorite of all time is uh, the hart foundation against demolition at SummerSlam 90 i just thought that was such a fantastic match under those stipulations and uh, Yeah, I think it's it's a really great old school way of adding, like I said, that little bit of you you need to be that bit better, you need to beat someone twice in one night um, to win and I'm a big fan, it's classic, it's not got all the bells and whistles, Um, it's certainly not going to be making any uh, social media highlight reels, is it, like a fall off a ladder or whatever would, but I think it's wonderful.
0: I think the, I, I mentioned about football earlier on and it being you know there being a, a situation where you can you can get lucky and have you know score one goal I, I think that the nearest example in a football match is the fact that you know a lot of semi-finals especially things like the Champions League exactly. they, uh, have two legs you know literally. exactly it could be Plymouth Argyle versus Grimsby which happen to be Paul and Ice teams and you know Grimsby might get <laughs> I'm going to say it my way aren't I but Grimsby ah. might might get lucky one day and beat Fair Argyle 1-0 but in the second game you know class will tell and Argyle will win 3-0 and, and it'll be 3-1 on aggregate or it will prove to be close enough that one game's 2-1 and the other game's 2-1 and so you do extra time and whatever but generally speaking you don't get lucky over two legs you no can leg. get lucky over one leg you can go to Barcelona and and hold out and, and draw nil nil. but You'll get them to your place and they'll beat you three 0 because they're better well, than you. It's, it, it, it's rarely it's rarely going to happen twice, is the theory.
1: Well, that's why the Champions League is two legs because they want to they don't they don't want upsets. They want the big team to the bars. Whereas the FA Cup's the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting. So rare time for us, Rob. Uh, yeah. Football analogy is absolutely on the money and very illustrative. <laughs> Perhaps for, so, for,
0: yes. for the first time. Yeah. Um, okay, well, the, the logical place to take the two out of three fours is to the Iron Man. Um, yep. and I think what's happened with the Iron Man match is that the, the problem is is that first of all I think it's the, the wrong tone was set by by Sean and Brett we've probably covered that enough on this podcast I'll do it very very quickly but my theory is that that match would have been so 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 much better if it had been a one on one match with a 60 minute time limit or a two out three fours match no forget that forget that just a simple straightforward no if you follow the rules of the Iron Man match if it was a 2 out of 3 falls match it'd still be going because they they couldn't have one fall in an hour so it would have taken three hours Um, if you go with the idea that it should have just been a 1v1 match with a 60 minute time limit and that time limit expired because neither man could beat the other man every single minute past about 22 would have been is it going to finish yet you know, for example, John Cena versus Shawn Michaels from Raw in around about 2008-9, whenever it was, yep. is a is a far better match because no one was expecting it to go an hour. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, not spoiler, but you know, truth, it actually went about 48-49 minutes in the arena, and they put the adverts in later on to make it seem an hour. But it was, and I, I was there live. It's the first show I watched for a long, long time. Uh, it was your birthday because um, it happens to me, cause it, cause it was St George's Day but it was a really really great match and because it had the intrigue Brett and Sean you knew was going to go the hour and I think if you had a little bit about you once it went 40 minutes with no falls you sort of thought oh they're going to go all the way here and it's going to be nil nil and it lost its intrigue and it's one of the reasons why some people think it's an absolute classic and I understand why Brett and Sean are both very proud of it and I understand why but if you know anything about Paul and I we don't think much of the Iron Man match between Brentshaw and Shawn Michaels because it's a bit boring especially on the second watch um because there's not a lot going on um what the Iron Man match struggles with especially if it's an hour is that a wrestling fans are not conditioned to the hour um but B if you flipped it and said that a game of football or for that matter a game of American football was first goal wins you get quite fed up of it If someone just scored after a minute Because goals are, you know, are plenty in football, aren't they? Most games of football have two or three goals Some have six or seven, some don't have any But in a normal game of football, there's plenty of goals In a normal game of American football, there's four or five touchdowns And there's four or five field goals And, you know, one safety every 25 years But, you know, generally speaking, there's lots of scoring There's lots of scoring in baseball and ice hockey and and basketball And lots of other sports that the Americans are familiar with to do a wrestling match over an hour, you need to have lots of things going on to keep the interest and to I understand the purism of having it be nil nil, but it didn't work. The second thing is the very fact that sport is real means that there are quite often a lot of games where one team scores after ten minutes, they get their second goal just before half time they get their third goal after an hour, and the last half an hour peters out because one team's three nil up, and it doesn't matter if the other team gets one back because that's the way it goes. You would never book an Iron Man match over an hour No To be all over after forty minutes, three nil to one person, and the other one hardly gets anything back. Why would you? It'd be ridiculous. If you're booking your own sport, why would you book it to be boring? Especially if it lasts an hour. But because you never have a boring match or supposedly you don't have a boring but you not not boring, but you never have a an obvious um result match. It's not twenty yeah, one 0 to the Steelers at half time. It's not you know 5-0 to Manchester United at half time it's not one cricket team scores 500 and the other one gets 150 it's not obviously over halfway through why would you do that but it actually loses its its realism because if they were to do an Ironman match between say you know Charlotte and uh, sorry between Sasha and Bailey I'm going to that as my go-to quite a lot because it's been such a good feud if you went to that as the one after the Hell in the Cell match you know that Sasha's not going to win three falls in the first 20 minutes and then hang on for 40 minutes because that's just not logical yeah. and it takes you out of it the two out of three falls match shouldn't be as good because it's a bit shorter and because it's smaller parameters but it's actually miles better because the jeopardy is there in the oh my god if they win one more they've won this and not well. If they lose it, they've got 45 minutes to recover. And if I, 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 think, I actually think you could get away with doing Ironman matches under a shorter. You know, sometimes they've done half an hour ones, haven't they? Well, it's the standard now. And it's like yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite so down on that. Um, the time limit match that's only half an hour. But I think generally speaking, they'd be better off introducing time limits into more matches and just having more draws and just having more ordinary matches than on draws well not, I'm I'm not I'm loads of them not loads of them but once every two or three weeks on some show or other there's a draw because it's only a 15 minute time limit and then the following week you extend the time limit or you do another draw or it is, if, it, if it's in people's heads and that there's a time limit and there's a sense of urgency it changes the fact that because surely some wrestling fans must go how come matches on Raw are 6 minutes but matches on pay-per-view are always 16 how come it always lasts longer and the argument in the old days would be when well, you've got a class wrestler versus a, a lower class wrestler so they polish them off quickly but at, you know, at some point you've got to go well, how come these two always fight on Raw and it lasts 3 minutes but they always fight on pay-per-view and it's 20 and I think anything that just takes the, the viewer out of that piece of realism that, that is easily avoided should be avoided
1: yep Agreed. I think we, I think we are long known for not liking IMAX. To be fair, there's been a couple of good examples. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed immensely Brock Lesnar against Kurt Angle. Yeah, that's my favourite uh, uh, by far, and I also enjoyed The Rock against Triple H. Yeah,
0: Judgment uh, Day 2000.
1: Both very good examples, but not a fan. And I think, to be honest, my judgement has been irrever- irre- irre- irreversibly crowded <laughs> I can't remember what was that. You can't irre- go irreversibly, back. Irreversibly, irreversibly crow- clouded. <laughs> by Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I mean, it was it's, the biggest stage and it failed miserably.
0: You prob- there is probably another um, podcast in which people argue that they love the Iron Man match because there's been a lot of good examples of them. But sure. The fir- but the first one, in our opinion, wasn't great. And you could also argue there have been plenty of ladder matches that have been crap but because the first one was good, you know, it sets you up in a different way. I don't necessarily uh, subscribe to that but I'm saying that I could see an argument for that. Um, okay, we'll bin off the uh, the Iron Man match. Um, I've mentioned the ladder one. Should we go there next?
1: Yeah, let's do it. We need to. We need to. We need to turbocharge this bad boy. We're pushing the limits even by our listeners' patience.
0: We, we do. Um, ladder. Do you consider? I consider a ladder match to include TLC and Money in the Bank. Are you with me?
1: Most definitely, especially TLC. Uh, you could have everything that happens in a TLC match could happen in could happen in a ladder match. Correct. Therefore, it's just the rebranding of a match to, to create a bit of differentiate. it's the, it is the same match
0: all that's happened is some referees have brought some tables out to put them at the side Correct. of the ring Correct. rather than you having to go underneath to get them
1: there, um, is, there is no difference
0: Money in the Bank you're happy with that being the same thing just it happens to be more of people course. in the match
1: yeah, of course you are yeah because if you had a uh, well if you had the match for the Intercontinental title like you had a Clash of Champions that's a multi-man ladder match admittedly three rather than six or eight or whatever Money in the Bank has been recently Um but it's the same thing. It's multiple men going to climb a ladder for a prize at the top. So, again, Money in the Bank is not a different match type. It's just a rebranding.
0: Totally agree. Um, I made a bit of a faux pas just a minute ago when I said about... People might say that ladder matches are better because the first match was good and some others haven't. Actually, I think one of the reasons for ladder matches being popular to this day is that the hit rate is remarkably high. Um I sometimes struggle with it's ladder really matches open, Yeah. I sometimes struggle with ladder matches again from that point I made earlier that I'm worried about people hurting themselves I think people take some unnecessary risks they take bumps that they didn't ought to and it's too dangerous I wouldn't want to wrestle a ladder match Um, you know certainly not a multi-man spot fest go mental ladder match as opposed to the because let's face it Sean Michael by the way if, you, if you're into ladder matches folks go into the archives because we did best ladder match performer on about the third or fourth podcast that we did um, it is. But you know, there's a very, very big difference between Bret Hart, sorry, not Bret Hart, but between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon ladder match, and TLC ladder matches. That like the first mm. TLC tag matches, for example, and between Money in the Bank matches. They are different in tone, but they they are still the same match in terms of its, its concept. Like I say. I wonder if they've been a bit overdone but then every now and again you get I mean that triple threat one you talk about from only a couple of months ago was was dead sound you know it was was a good match and so it was really really good and so I I think it's all about the um, the people that are in it and I think what bookers particularly in WWF have done WWE have done over the years is book the right people in ladder matches you know and some of the great ladder matches through history have been The Rock and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall and um, obviously the Edge and Christian and the Dudleys and the Hardys, but also Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit and you know and Edge and John Cena and like and AJ Styles and Chris Jericho and I, there's so many great wrestlers that have been put in those matches. You know CM Punk, Jeff Hardy. A lot of the time you don't get lummoxes being put into those matches for good reason, but it does help keep the standard up because actually I don't know if the ladder match is better than an X match. I don't mean ultimate X I just mean X as in a formula but if, if you put great performers in a match then they're going to make chicken salad out of chicken shit as they say
1: mate there's, I don't know where to start with the ladder match um, there's a deep history and a lot of reasons why it's an excellent match firstly to address a point you mentioned earlier about would you have a ladder match for a real fight absolutely you wouldn't but with a prize on the line it's a very logical way of doing things um, you know physically go and grab that prize it, it makes sense uh, with like you if you guys were having a fight if two people were in the street having a fight over a bag containing a thousand pounds hang it off the side of a, a washing line and it's the first one to grab it gets to keep it you kind of can see it. it's silly yeah. but you can see it it's still a contest
0: um, it's still a contest
1: yeah what I love about the ladder match itself it, there's two real two real things I like about the ladder match in terms of its structure and one is its structure um It's got a very easy three act in match structure like any good match should. It's got your first bit of the fight where you are, you know, there's no ladders involved. You're just sort of teasing that ladder being involved and maybe the first person to get it and, you know, really sort of wearing your opponent down. Then you've got the section that is the ladder in play. Uh, The ladder is a weapon, I suppose, is where most of your spots come, you know, um, doing damage with the ladder and around the ladder. Obviously, there'll be a few false climbs and stuff in this, but by and large, this bit's about. The stuff around and about the ladder as a weapon and then you've got the final act which is that attempted climb it's the felt the false finish now I don't I really hate the uh, slow climb up the ladder but I'm going to skip over that for, for the basis for, the, for, for this bit and um, you've got that last part where it's all about the the, the sort of who's going to get over the finish line first I absolutely love that about the ladder match I think it's a very well-defined contest I also love its versatility. So you mentioned a great contrast. So you've got that first ladder match between Sean and Razor. Compare that to, um, like you say, any of the TLC matches or the Money in the Bank match, or even um, Edge and Christian against the Hardy Boys in 1999, which was really the reinvention of the ladder match. It really, really came of age, I suppose. There's been so many different variations of matches. Like we talked about how submission matches, how Hell in a Cell matches have to be done by a certain type of wrestler I don't think that's the case with a ladder match I think you can tell a lot different stories around it you know you've got you mentioned Triple H against The Rock and that was neither of those are supreme athletes and high flyers and they're very sort of standard main event wrestlers they put a really good ladder match together you've got um guys who are flyers like um like Rey Mysterio or John or John Morrison or Kofi Kingston um and you've got you know everything in between that can you, know, you can do it with tag teams you can do it with multiple guys and and there's there's so many different stories to tell so many different variations and i think more than any other gimmick match it's a gimmick match that the performers can make their own and tell their own story using the ladder and using the stipulations of the match um you can tell i'm a big fan i think it, i think i think it's probably in my in my opinion I, I'll go ahead and say I, I think it's the best gimmick match ever invented for, for longevity and match quality and everything else that matters
0: your point in terms of all sorts of people doing it is that correct me if I'm wrong but didn't didn't flair do one with edge
1: uh yes he did like yeah, in he his did sort of latter,
0: yeah, on raw yeah in in his latter years and yeah uh, and then you've got obviously you've got things like again on raw you've got the thing like that would Jeff Hardy and Taker, which is a different sort of match. Yeah. Um, you're right. You can do it in, in in very different ways. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, un, undisputed, I think, in terms of it getting onto the list. We, you know, without, without without a doubt, I don't think it needs too much uh, too much scrutiny. Um, let's do its um its its cousins then. If we're saying that the TLC match is really just a version of a ladder match, and it is. Um, first of all, I think we should devote about 12 seconds to this chairs match not a match no stupid ridiculous not a match just what are you saying the chair is legal but other things aren't ridiculous it's a a shit hardcore match and it deserves no other attention the tables match yes I Um, don't know how I feel about tables match to this day
1: (laughs) I'm exactly the same exactly the same I instinctively I quite like it it's, it's an elimination match with a different finish um, and it's more of a snap finish like we talked about there are matches like submission matches where you can't get lucky where you have to prove you're the better man this is the exact opposite and, I, and that's not a negative this is a match that is all about getting lucky and scoring the flash win um, it's like the hardcore version of the roll up isn't it putting someone through a table generally speaking and I kind of dig it for that, I think it's got its place. Um, Like, uh, obviously, the most famous tables match goes without saying. It's the Hardy's and the Dudleys at uh, Royal Rumble 2000. But I think the time when it was used the best, maybe, for its gimmick, was when Sheamus won his first I was just uh, gonna say World that. title on Raw, and it was pre- it was presented when he beat John Cena in a tables match as a fluke. But he was not a fluky wrestler. He just it was a fluky, cheap way of winning and I think it's a really interesting story to tell, I like a tables match I'm not going to present it in a top 5 but I think it's a really good gimmick, it's different it stands on its own, there's not much else like it, um, and, it and again, it it ticks that box me where you've got to add that other dimension to, to a normal match, so I'm, I'm a fan
0: I think in terms of assessing its impact um, on wrestling and on crowds and stuff, which, which again is ultimately the best way of you know, assessing something—did it draw money? Or do people want to see it? You now, to this day, if there's a match going on, people will chant, "We want tables." True. Yeah. Um, if you were to—and again, it's the acid test—if you were to stand in the ring and go, "This match is not an ordinary match. It's going to be a strap match." Oh, is it? It's going to be an ambulance match. Oh, is it? It's going to be a tables match. The crowd would go, Hooray! It would get a reaction. It would get a reaction, yep. uh, and you know, not everything that gets a reaction is good, but you know it is a, a factor that you can you can look into. Um, I'm more than prepared to uh, to at least put it through to uh, the next level of of, of chat. Uh, I've got three left. How about you?
1: One, two, three. I've got f- uh, three and a half. I think. Uh, three okay. and a half. Do
0: your half. Cinematic matches oh okay I never even thought about that okay but that's a that's a very 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 fair shout
1: I am broadly not remotely a fan
0: and I think you probably agree with me um, uh, I think I agree that I'm not a fan but I don't agree that you're not and there's been a couple of matches that you've raved about that I've hated
1: I I enjoyed the uh, the deletion stuff with the Hardys Hardys to a degree. I liked the novelty of it. That I liked the witness. silliness. You you yeah. hated it. I
0: despised it. That's one um, of, I think that's one I, of the worst things that's ever happened in the history of wrestling, and I'm not exaggerating. I, I'm well aware.
1: I in, didn't really. I I understood what they were doing with the boneyard match. Um, but it that's about it the only one I've
0: liked.
1: I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I tell you that the two I liked above all else, for very different reasons, AEW Stadium Stampede was fantastic. Like a really good. I'm suspect. I don't think you've seen that. Have I you? haven't seen that. No, I haven't seen that. It's really fun. Ver, variety of characters being true to themselves in a unique setting, doing fun stuff, and and within the realms of believability. Obviously, it's AEW, and the, you know they're inclined to push credibility and believability to a degree but it's it's really fun and Chris Jericho is the MVP um or one of several maybe Adam Page being another one very very good match I'd urge you to go and watch it if you
0: you've changed your chin because at the time you said you're, you're being consistent because you said you liked it but at the time you told me I quite like it Rob but you won't like it
1: well, maybe I've changed. That. <laughs> yeah, uh, your, judgment,
0: your judgment. Your judgment was that I would listen. I, I will never ever criticize something until I've seen it. So I, I, I am not criticizing sure. that match. I, I sense I wouldn't like it. You know, in the same way that I can see the trailer for a film starring Adam Sandler yeah. and Vince Vaughan and say I'd rather go and you know sit in a sitting with my head down the toilet for an hour than watch those two pretending to act. But I would still never say that's a shit film until I've seen the film. Um, And it's uh, a bit similar with that sort of match, so I won't give it any grief. The only one I've of all of them that I've got any time for of the ones that I've seen is the Boneyard match because I think you could argue that it was a real fight, but it was just shot by cameras in a different way. There's a way of saying, oh well, how did he do the you know the the firing off the 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 fire and all that, but it's kind of that's within the Undertaker's world. Now I don't like I don't like that, and I've never liked that. Um, it's one of the reasons why I can never have The Undertaker up in the top of my all-time list because of that not because of Mark Calloway's performances but because of some of the booking of The Undertaker character but um, within The Undertaker's world the Boneyard match made complete and utter sense and you could even get away with the the camera angles and the coverage and everything my issue with things like the the Bray Wyatt John Cena one and um, what else have we done the, the one with the, the House of Horrors or whatever it was called with Randy Orton which was abysmal and the one with Braun Strowman a few weeks ago a few months ago I've hated all of those because they're just they're not real they're in the wrong they're in the wrong world and, that, and I'm not going to get into any more because people are bored by me hearing, hearing me mo- moan about it um, but well done for bringing it up because I had completely forgotten that genre and it is an absolutely legitimate genre we should talk about it's not going to get onto our final five because I despise them and no. I'm going to do my veto power but it's, it is worth worthy <laughs> if you talking about it
1: you don't, you, you, don't, you don't need to the other one just to mention very briefly um, is the Firefly Funhouse match at Wrestlemania not in any way a match in any way shape or form it was a segment, but I thought it was so wonderfully written. I know you don't agree. I know many won't agree, but I thought the layers and the, and the, and the way the story that was told within that was so clever and so interesting, wrapped up in cheese. And I really like that. I like it when people tell a, a story that's incredibly well done hidden under silliness that really 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 ticked my heart was in the entertainment genre wow. um, and I thought that was great well, I, I moving will, on I
0: will, I will do my normal I will keep it under 30 seconds and do my normal assessment of it um, it was really clever really well put together really quite funny and interesting but uh, I really really like the song Angels by Robbie Williams but he wouldn't headline download festival with it do you know what I mean it's like Pick your, pick your punches do the right thing in the right position and it wasn't a wrestling segment it was a it should have been a special on the network and that's it um, that's that uh, Fair I've got three things left I am going to kick off with the one I like the least of them no I'm not I'm going to leave that till last I'm, that's the most controversial one I'm going to do the one I like the second least the cage match
1: <laughs> ok cage match um, it's obviously a wrestling staple isn't it Um i think i would if i don't i haven't seen a lot of these to be honest but i think if i had seen wrestling cage matches from the 70s or the early 80s i think i would be absolutely adoring them agreed wwe cave ma- cage matches especially nowadays are contrived nonsense um being able to escape the door um being able to pin pin people with it uh, uh, sorry out you know The idea, the fact that you can escape out of the ring and and running away is the way a babyface is to win it, is so counter to what it should be and so counter to it being a feud-ending match. Oh, you've got to run away, you've got to escape. No, a cage match should be used to contain the chaos, contain the brutality and stop people from interfering, Um, not... Um, not as as a glorified obstacle course so I'm going to be quite controversial and say I wouldn't want the cage match on there
0: I think it it, it comes down to what your view of wrestling is in terms of is is wrestling basically WWE and others Um, or is wrestling everything that's ever existed um, not just limited to other things today but also everything that's happened in the past because I mean I know people that when they because bear in mind for most of our childhood as I would say in the WWF all all the cage match was was escaping and then around about the late 90s early 2000s they started to make the cage escape or pinfall or submission yeah and I know people that hated that you don't have a pinfall in the cage match you don't have a submission in the cage match the only way you win the cage match is to get out of the cage because that's the way that the WWF had, I won't say brainwashed but that's the way they had booked it and that's the way you thought about it it probably was the way I thought about it as well when you go back to history of course of course you're right especially the door like I can, un- I can sort of get behind you escape by climbing up because you could argue that climbing up and over the cage takes as much as climbing up a ladder and grabbing a belt so I can sort of understand why it's okay to escape climbing over but bloody hell, not walking out of a door! Jesus, who ever thought that up? And by nah, the way, have you ever seen anyone win that way? And it's like, oh god, that's just—it's a, a horrendous logic hole. Um, but yeah, if you go back, you know, long enough in history, it was the gimmick match. It wasn't a gimmick match. It was about the only one you had. You had the stipulations Correct. of the hair and the leave, leaving town and stuff. But in terms of, you had wrestling matches and those sometimes were two out of three falls I guess and sometimes they were time limits and sometimes they were you know had stipulations but the only way it changed in in a lot of territories was a cage some territories had a Texas death match some had a strap match but in a a lot of places the cage was it that's that's the only difference you ever had to anything else and and in some ways rightly so and it's it's probably not the gimmick's fault um, that it's gone that way and I still think in a lot of people's eyes you remember when we used to do things like uh, the votes on Raw or things like Taboo Tuesday and stuff like that if you had a vote between some of these things a vote between a submission match a two out of three falls match and a cage match I think a cage match would normally win Yeah, I think it's still considered a big match it's still considered a, an interesting blow off to a feud and I still think excuse me I still think it's portrayed by the announcers as a big deal uh, and therefore it is a big deal um but I'm not a fan I don't get excited for a cage match as I said earlier on in the show I feel that there's normally a match between two wrestlers that I'm looking forward to seeing wrestle and then I'm told they're in a cage and I just think well that's just restricting them Like the only reason that you should ever have a cage really is if there are other people involved so wrestler one versus, versus wrestler two but wrestler two's manager keeps interfering so we stick them in a, you know, we, we stick them outside of a cage. I tell you what, one match we didn't talk about, and it's probably not worth doing because it's not interesting enough. We didn't, we didn't mention that the shark cage gimmick either, did we? The managers in the shark cage or, or something like that. Again, I don't think it's you know too important to do so. But you know, that's the reason for the cage. It's to keep people out, really. We have to settle this one on one, and either someone keeps running away and getting counted out. Or their manager keeps interfering. So we have it in the cage to blow it off. That's not what happens anymore. And actually, if you do need to have that, we can have to keep it, everyone out. Then you do the cell. So the cage is kind of yeah. redundant, redundant now because we have the cell.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And I'm, I'm serious. I don't think we should have the cage in the five.
0: No, I'm not, I'm, People respond that, but but I don't, I don't think we should. I don't care. I don't care. It's the same way that we've had a couple of things that... Um, we never had Austin in the best champions, did we? You know, some people would would have not understood how we could possibly leave Austin out, but we gave a good reason why. Uh, I've got two left. Hopefully they're the same as yours. Uh, I'm going to go with Last Man Standing.
1: I think they are the same as mine, yes. Uh, Last Man Standing. Uh, I just don't like it. I don't like it because the end simply because the ends of the matches are very uninspiring and boring to me. I don't like I don't like the fact that you have to wait till they go down for a 10 count. I just think it's a a dull way to end any match. Simple as that.
0: I think it is a good idea that is usually badly done. I cuz I cause for actually they've grown on me a little bit and I think they have actually used them relatively sparingly over the last little while it is the one match type that I don't think they go to all that often you know there isn't, I'm a little bit surprised there's not a Last Man Standing pay-per-view the same way there's a TLC and a Hell in a Cell and the rest of them, but they actually don't go to Mm -hmm. Last Man Standing all that often Um, and I think it's good for that, I think the standard of the matches are usually quite good again it's usually because the quality of the individual that's put in them is is of a high standard Um, but I do think that you're right in terms of the jeopardy at the end is often a little bit boring and again I think it it suffers from that lack of realism is that in a 25 minute last man standing matches how many times do they get to their feet at 9 it's every every time isn't it listen in a normal wrestling match I would have a significantly higher amount of 1 counts than there are I would have bundles of 1 counts explained that these wrestlers are not in any way, shape or form tired yet. One. Tries to pin him one. Tries to pin one. Tries to pin him two, because he had it locked in well. Tries to pin him one. I'd have loads of one counts to explain that someone And have one count, one count, one count, and then a move, and then a one, two. Oh my god, he nearly... Crikey, he nearly got him. Before that, there were only one counts. That one move, and he nearly got a three. How tough is that move? You can tell a better story with one counts. But because it's... In the same way that James Bond always gets out from the he always defuses the bomb with one second to go Bruce Willis always gets out the front door of the building before it implodes wrestlers always kick out at two and a half and they always get up at nine when it's in last man standing and they always get in the ring on nine when it's a count out and it kills these matches because actually you you could do with having last man standing gets up at five last man standing gets up at six last man standing gets up at eight last man standing gets up at four and then have a nine oh my god did he oh no he didn't quite Like you need to have that kind of, and there's, there's no jeopardy you sit there going yeah fine he's not going to lose yet is he he hasn't, hit, he hasn't hit the RKO yet so it's not nearly finished it's, it's that sort of we've learned yes. unfortunately the audience is too smart they're not as smart as they think they are but they're too smart and they've wised up to certain little gimmicks that did work I'm going to say it in Jim Cornette's day and one of the reasons why he's outdated now is because he doesn't get that the audience have changed and there's lots of people that don't get it by the way not just Cornette Um, But it's It's not a goer for me In terms of the the best ever I actually don't mind it If you told me that there was going to be a really good feud between two people And it was going to have a last man standing match next week You know It wouldn't drive me crazy But I don't think on the whole That I like them enough to, to push them forward And clearly you don't either
1: No Right let's do the last one War Games We're going to get crucified for this, aren't we? I hate war games. I know. I know you do.
0: What do you think of war games?
1: I'm not the biggest fan ever but I feel like your rant about these will be more entertaining than mine so to be fair I'm
0: not going to tuck in too much because again I think a lot of people are familiar with our oeuvre and our back catalogue and have heard me do this a few times so I'm not going to go massively in Um, I have a massive problem with war games is which why would I watch war games until they're all in the ring nothing matters one person two people get in and then so you've got what six more arrivals into the match so even if you only do two minute intervals which sometimes they do two, sometimes they do three, sometimes they do five if it's a four on four match you've got six introductions to the match if it's only two minute intervals that is 12 minutes into the match Before it can finish I know that we know most of the time That wrestling matches are not going to be over dead quickly I know that we understand How things work broadly from a theatrical perspective But why am I interested In watching 12 minutes of a match That can't end Or at least can't have any Now you could, now this is when you say oh well, You watch 90 minutes of a football match And it doesn't end to the end No but the score makes a difference If you score 4 goals in the first 12 minutes You're 4-0 up you can't score four pinfuls. I wouldn't mind War Games matches if they were Iron Man War Games matches. If they were half an hour long and it was the amount of pins you got. I wouldn't mm. mind if they were elimination War Games matches. Where, if it's two-on-one and you pin the one then it's two on zero and you wait for the next babyface to come down and then after that you're going to get a three on one advantage. I don't even mind that. It tells the Survivor Series style story of the of the babyfaces in jeopardy because we all know the heels always come in first. And that's a little silly, this, I don't mind because that's, kind of, you know, that's the way it goes. But I, I don't know why I'm watching this match. Once it gets to the all, all four competitors are in, then what it is, is an, uh, a hardcore... Cage match, a hardcore tag team cage match, a hardcore two ring cage match. War. Do you know what I mean, there's lots of, sure. le- and, th- and that's okay. And and this sort of this sort of goes for Lethal Lockdown as well, which is the, the closest anyone got to War Games before WWE started doing it with NXT. Um, I just I, I hate that. If all four t- if all four of each team started from the start, I'd be fine with it. If there were ramifications in the first 12 to 30 minutes, I'd be okay with it. But there isn't. And I don't understand why I'm meant to be entertained by something that just can't end. And I don't understand why people haven't worked that out over the last 35 years. Because here's the point, people, you're right, are going to be frustrated about what we're saying because it's one of the most popular matches in the world. And lots of people that know a great deal about wrestling, like Jim Ross and others, whose opinions I respect massively, rave about war games. (laughs) And I can't stand it.
1: I, I feel like I can't really follow that only because my opinions are much more middle of the road and it's a bit of an anti-climax I, I don't love war games um, I think there's been a lot more bad war games matches than good war games matches and that's that's, that's a truth that not many people will admit to you can probably count on the fingers, certainly on the fingers of one hand um, how many good war games matches there are you can probably count on the fingers of two fingers how many excellent war games matches there have been Um, I I echo everything you said I just think it's again it goes back to what I said earlier it's about there was a there was just a mindset in the NWA WCW organisation that everything had to be a bit more contrived than it was and there's so many more ways if you're putting war games together now you could you could do something a bit better just tweak it slightly to make it that much better and I I just don't and maybe it's because I was WWF rather than WCW but it doesn't hold that cherished place in history for me, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not raving, Brenda. <laughs>
0: Honestly, it's just, it's one tweak to me. It's a 30-minute match. It's two and a half-minute intervals between people coming in, and you, and it's a, and it's an Ironman. You know, it's a, it's a who scores the most falls. And if no falls happen until everyone's in, that's fine. But there's the jeopardy of it happening and there's a reason for the because the four oh it's four on three. And it doesn't matter that it's four on three because it's gonna be four on four in a minute. You could argue oh it gives yeah. them more time to beat them down. Yeah, fine. But it's wrestling. Because people beat down Hulk Hogan for fifteen minutes, then he shook his head and pinned them. Exactly. So we don't believe the fact that they're getting beaten down because they always make a fucking comeback because they're baby faces. And so, it just, it just completely and utterly grinds my gears. And if, if you just made it a point-scoring match, even if you... Go more contrived. Go and be TNA. Make it... You get two points if it happens in the first 15 minutes, and you get one point afterwards. You get three points for a submission and two for a pin and one for sure. whatever. I don't care. That's Do something it with it. I actually don't mind all that shit. I was not massively... We've not We've glossed over King of the Mountain. I didn't massively mind King of the Mountain. But it's not all time great but oh, I didn't mind it it had some sense behind it it was contrived but it had some sense but war games just to me it's like I just I, I think it I remember years ago when my, my dad was a professional footballer and he did a bit of coaching but he he found it very frustrating being a coach because he he found it hard to explain to lesser players than him you know not that he was a world beater but he, he didn't coach at a higher level and he found it hard to explain to ordinary players how to do what he was good at but he also would say to players that he shouted out a lot that sometimes it would be better that he was chatting at them because it meant they, he thought something of them. He thought they had potential, whereas the ones he didn't bother with, he thought they were so shit. Anything he was going to say was not going to affect them. So I think I'm more angry with War Games because I think it could be good than I am angry with, say, an ambulance <laughs> match, which I know is garbage and is, and is completely unsolvable. You can't get a, you can't get an Inferno match back. It's rubbish. It's stupid. It's got fire in it. Who cares? You can't get a buried live match back. To me. They're just crap and they're, they're unsolvable. But to me, a War games match could be so good. It could be basically the Hell in the Cell and Survivor Series all rolled into one. And it's not. And I hate that it's not. And essentially, we started this whole topic with the Elimination Chamber, which back in the day was the WWF's equivalent of it. They even had Bischoff sort of head it up, didn't they, at the time? And they yeah, was obviously yeah, yeah, a nod to a WCW thing. It was obviously we can do war games better than you ever could and you know what they can and it's miles yeah. fucking better
1: what a way to what
0: a way to end our selection process right then let's pick a five so war games is in oh yeah war games <laughs> uh, <laughs> no.
1: match blindfold match no right the ones I've got I think you might have more circle than you. the ones I've got so far I've got and uh, two three four five six seven. I've got eight so go on let's go off your list
0: I've got Ladder, Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber, Submission, I Quit, Hardcore, Encompassing Everything, Including False Count Anywhere, Scramble, 2 out of 3, Chain, Tables. They're the ones we gave a broadly positive spin on. Um, I think we both agreed at the time that the Scramble was fun, but it's not all-time great.
1: Take the Scramble out, take the I Quit out. I think the I
0: Quit... And I would say
1: take the
0: I... I would put the I Quit in the same bracket as the Submission match anyway, even if they're separate the submission match is clearly the better of the two
1: yes agreed and yeah. I would say take the hardcore match out as well
0: yeah I agree I'm not I'm not fussed by it I, I, it's it should be an automatic top 5 because it should be this feud is so heartfelt between the pair of them that we need to just let the rules go out the window and let them fight and let them have a bloodbath and let them use weapons but because it's been so misused with hardcore championships 24-7 championships you know interference from people I think it's killed it I think this is the one of all it should be the most basic and straightforward and actually if they say to you it's going to be a hardcore match you go oh bloody hell
1: yeah agree right so what what sorry what repeat this what seven have you got left now then?
0: seven left ladder hell in the cell elimination chambers submission two out of three chain tables should we put three or four through that are uh, definites Oh, I
1: think that's. I think you, you're looking at your definite. So elimination chamber, ladder, hell in a cell.
0: Agreed. I'm very, very of, of the rest of them. I'm very strong on submission. As a pers- as, as a personal preference. Yep, yeah,
1: as am I. As
0: mine. Um So ladder, hell in a cell, elimination chambers, submission. In we need to pick one of the following three. Two out of three falls. Ah, that's funny, isn't it? We need to pick one out of these three. <laughs> two out of three falls. So I put some meatloaf on just to uh, just to complement uh. this. Uh, two out of three falls ain't bad chain match tables I would, uh, I take your point about the chain match being better than the strap match when, when when I brought it up but I don't think it's in the same level as these other ones
1: my pick out of these would be two out of three
0: yeah I think mine would as well actually and that's not just because we're late on into this podcast and we need to wrap it up Um, the tables match I I absolutely take your point about the jeopardy of it the Seamus match was the one I was thinking of but I think the very fact that part of it is lucky does take away from the, you know, it's a little bit like playing, you know, again I made made the comparison earlier on, I'm not a big fan of 2020 cricket because I think one cricketer can have a good ten overs and basically win a match on his own whereas you can't do that in test cricket and it's it's the tables matches the 2020 equivalent to me it's that you can just fall through a table and that's game over
1: yeah, I, that's it. And I, I'm, to be honest, I'm not looking for negatives on this list. Seven really good match types. I'm looking for which one's better than the other. And I just look at that list and I go, right, two out of three falls, yep. tables, chain. Which one would I prefer? Which one has got better matches? Which one feels better to me? It's two out of three falls.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, keep and and keeping it simple. You know, the fact that of of all of the bits of you know fire and earth movement and structures and all this kind of stuff, actually, we've come down to two out of our five are just wrestling matches one is a submissions match and one is two out of three falls we're just we're encouraging wrestling there's still gimmicks you know gimmicks does not have to include pieces of metal there's still gimmicks but you know I, I think they encourage better matches the Hell in a Cell is just a wrestling match inside a structure the Elimination Chamber is just a wrestling match inside a structure the Ladder is the one that comes the closest to being something completely different You've got to grab something rather than pin someone. You've got a piece of metal that you're jumping off. You have two people, tag teams, six people, whatever. Um, yep. I think ladder is the one that is the most different. I think it's the one that people would associate the most of being, oh, that's completely different. Um, but I think it absolutely warrants its 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 position because of the, the the solid performances over the years from the lots of very very good wrestlers. Had we included the Royal Rumble, obviously we would have that in as well. We probably would, would the two out three fours would go out at the bottom. But I think we are right to uh, to exclude the Rumble in the way that we did um, we are almost certainly Paul the second that we we, we finish this um, chat going to think of a match that we should have talked about It's we're going to have that <laughs> Esprit de as they call it of, uh, of having something just oh, suddenly come very to good. you that's, no, that's, very the, good. that's the technical term uh, Esprit de like a, that does sound like an NXT wrestler though doesn't it <laughs> Mr. Wednesday Night Esprit de <laughs> Uh but anyway it's um uh, that's our five and we're sticking with it so um, in alphabetical order the elimination chamber hell in the cell ladder submission two out of three fours now it's over to you we have made our selection of five we will put this up by the time you are listening this will be live on hooked on forward slash Vote. That's correct, isn't it? I always want to say poll, but that's it's not correct. a vote. Forward slash vote. That's where you can go and vote. Please do. Please share the word as well. Not just about the vote, but also about the podcast. Because on one hand, uh, anyone can make the vote. We're happy for everyone, any, anyone and everyone to make the vote. The more the merrier. But I think sometimes by listening to the podcast, you can understand our point of view. I think that's why Jerry Lawler... Um, appearing in the ECW arena was just as high as anything last week, because I think people listened to the re- or two weeks ago, We they listened to the reasons why we put that up so uh, please do share the word in terms of uh, the discussion, and keep the discussion going, um, you know, we have hooked, the Hooked on Wrestling community on Facebook, and on all of our social medias, but particularly on Facebook and if you think we're talking nonsense, stick a post up there and tell us why, and we'll discuss it even further we're happy to do that um, anything else to add Paul before we uh, wrap up for today?
1: Um, no, I think that's it. We will let these people get on with the rest of their lives. Um, all I'll say is like you say if you want to join in the conversation, we are always up for justifying, discussing, talking about his choice and the best place to do that one-on-one really is the uh, is on Twitter. Um, you can go to our dedicated Twitter page for this podcast which is simply how to be great Pod. Twitter how to be great Pod get on there tell us if you're enjoying it leave us a review on apple podcasts if you uh, if you uh, be so kind uh, but more importantly let's chat we love talking to the people who listen to this and um, love hearing your opinions so please don't be shy please reach out and um and we'll we'll continue this conversation and on
0: yeah quite right whenever you're listening to this uh, the things that we've got to mention in the upcoming days and weeks uh, every sunday night on the hooked on wrestling facebook page we run the uh, I think it's probably the highlight of the week the Hooked On Wrestling quiz it's on Facebook Live, it normally lasts around about an hour and a half, I wasn't on last week, uh, it was Paul Benson and Dean AS and I watched it on uh, Facebook Live uh, as a follow up and I thought it was painfully short they only went about an hour and a quarter <laughs> and I thought they uh, they undersold it I much like, I much prefer it when I'm on and it goes on forever um, but no, the lads did a great job it was actually quite nice watching it from the outside in and I uh, enjoyed it in, doing the quiz without the pressure on me although I, you, you still scored more than I did even though that uh, well on, on average because obviously I had to go at 20 of them but your average score was still higher than mine um, but yeah that's great, great fun folks come and join in with the quiz it's hard it's a hard quiz it's not something you turn up and you just stroll through uh, but it's more uh, an entertainment and a hangout because we've got a great crew of people now um, that turn up every week or at least most weeks join in with the chat actually you'll go and watch last week's quiz and you'll enjoy the quiz but you'll enjoy the wrestling food puns even more um, <laughs> which is very prevalent throughout the show and is very very funny so it really is the pub quiz atmosphere as in you're sitting around there's a bunch of your mates you're shooting the shit and there happens to be some questions about wrestling um, so please come and join us with that that's every Sunday but if you're listening to this a little bit later on down the line it normally lasts between eight o'clock and around about half past nine but on the, on a pay-per-view week we often extend it a little bit so if if you are listening to this nearer to the hell in the cell uh, you'll probably be able to join us between eight and ten on hell in the cell day we know in the spirit of what paul was saying about liking a chat we'll normally do a little bit of a a, a preview of the of the show uh, on that day. so if you if you want to pick one particular to join us for that's a great opportunity too, because you have a bit of fun with a bunch of like-minded people in the build-up and then uh, get yourself in the right mood for the pay-per-view so uh, that would be my recommendation check out the website hookedonwrestling.co.uk that's not easy to say is it letters Um, and also to uh, to look at our hooked on podcast network because there are a whole bunch of other podcasts if you like audio like this you will absolutely find something else you like because there is a big array of things Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Please go and vote. We'll see you very soon here on the How To Be Great podcast. And just remember one thing, Paul. It's wrestling. Enjoy it. See you very soon.